each and every week. Wherever you get your pods, listen to the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast. Listen to the boys from B3 as they talk about Southwest Indiana sports. But they've had PGA professionals, NBA players stop by, and lots and lots of interesting arguments on various topics. Join Lagoni coaching legend Mike Wagner, voice of the Bari Vikings Mike DeCourcy, North Davis superfan Blake Burkhart, Washington Times Herald sports editor Todd Lancaster, coach and fan of the Bari Vikings Tyler Schulteis, and Impulse Radio's Brian Emmons as they present to you Birdies bourbon and basketball since 2002 people's state bank has supported lawrence county and served their financial needs in four different locations bridgeport sumner st francisville and lawrenceville stacy moore our fellow saluki and his staff are so happy to help you and and just like they help youth sports and 4-h events they've sponsored pack the place and well, now they're helping out with this podcast, and we truly appreciate their sponsorship. All kind of financial needs, whatever you need, just go see the folks at People's State Bank. Again, it's in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville. For all your financial needs, go see People's State. Well, I was hanging around Bridgeport, just looking for something to do. And all my Red Hill buddies It was the summer of 92 Every step I take I know that I'm not alone You take the home from a boy But not the boy from his home These are my streets The only life I've ever known Well, home in the summer of 1992 was still Bridgeport for three of us. And it was Mountain Home, Idaho, for Brino back at that time. And thank you to Brino for that new song at the beginning, the summer of 92. Wasn't that, wasn't that amazing? <laughs> yes. So even, even though we're focusing on 1992 in this episode, we will still pull that song out from time to time, I'm sure. Well, welcome to episode 31 of the Old School Red Hill podcast. All four of us are here tonight, but we're scattered throughout the Midwest and meeting over Zoom. Of course, thank you to our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant, Andrew's Insurance, People State Bank, and Griffin's Pizza House. When you stop in, please let them know you heard their ad on the podcast. In addition to that, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, whichever podcasting app you use, we'd really appreciate that. And thanks to 2007 grad and current football assistant coach Logan Fiscus for leaving us our very first review way back last year. He said the podcast was fun and informative. Red Hill sports are built on great teams with exceptional athletes and leaders, and he's excited to follow up moving forward. Thank you, Logan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Logan. Yeah. So as so I am Chip Jamerson, and Brino is here tonight, but I'm leading off the episode tonight, and we are focusing, as you heard the song, the summer of 92. We are focusing on the summer of 1992. Now, if you've listened to our school year podcast, you know that they normally would start in the fall, and then we'd go all the way to the su- through the summer at the end of that school year. But to shorten those down a little bit so we could focus more on the school year, yeah. we're going to do some separate summer episodes. Some of them may be in the summer, some may be any time of the year. So this gives us about uh, 40 to 50 more episodes that we can do <laughs> on all these, these summers. So welcome to our first summer episode. Yeah. So as I said, my name is Chip Jamerson, and I am 
in the summer of 92, we're going to go around. I'm going to ask you guys, you know, where were you? I already kind of spoiled a little bit that Brian was a mountain <laughs> home, but what were you doing? And in the summer of 92, I was, I was a 91 red. I am a 91 red Hill graduate. I was, I went to OCC my freshman year of college. So I was still living at home at this time. I was preparing to go to EIU in the fall. I had normally thought I would go to OCC for two years, but uh, during this 91, 92 school year, I, was just really kind of, I mean, you guys know I love Bridgeport and I love Red Hill, but I was really, I don't know, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling it as much. Like I needed to get a, get away and do something else. The football and basketball season, I was like, I was like almost like a Red Hill student because I was going to every football game and every basketball game. But once that basketball season wrapped up, I was kind of like lost and, you know, what to do. So I decided to go go away to college, got accepted to EIU. And so this summer of 92 is kind of weird. I honestly don't have a lot of, um, personal memories. I did a lot of research for it. A few of my memories I'll talk about as we go through the podcast, but um, yeah, kind of a, a weird summer for me. I, and, you know, I knew Dave was getting ready to go away to college. He'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Gary was busy. He's going to play three sports the following year. Brian, I was in Idaho. So I don't know. I guess I was kind of, I don't know, needed a fresh start. So um, that's kind of my feeling I had in 1992. So uh, next Let's go to the the one member who is still a student at Red Hill at this time. He's not received his diploma yet, and that's yet. Gary Emmons. Uh, welcome, Gary. Tell us a little about 92. Where were you at this time? Well, I was, uh, like you said, preparing. So between my junior and senior years, a summer full of fun and baseball and basketball and preparing for football. So it was a, and I worked at the bus barn during that year. So worked with Terry Rowark at the bus barn. I got a little story I'm going to share about about that coming up during my portion here. So I was full on Red Hill all summer long. The one member that's actually right now in the Red Hill School District. He's coming to us from rural Sumner, (laughs) Illinois tonight. And that is, let's be be honest, it's real Bridgeport. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and and I made sure in the opening, I said all three of us were were home was Bridgeport. I want to make sure I did put that in the the opening. Way closer to Bridgeport than (laughs) Sumner. So Dave, Tell so you've just graduated high school, so congratulations! But yeah, just graduated high school, um, accepted the U of I the fall, you know, the previous fall. So getting ready to move, uh, you know, spend the summer at home, but getting ready to move up there in August. Um, kind of like Chip said, kind of a weird summer, you know, it seemed like it should be a real big summer for me, but I think, uh, just kind of spent a lot of time working mowing yards trying to get some money trying to say out a little bit of money when i went out to school that that uh that fall i'm sure you know i'm sure we got together and went to some cardinal games and you know different different activities throughout the summer but uh mostly just you know looking forward to the fall and you know get, getting away to getting away to college and and dave we got to ask you um it's summertime crop report how are the yeah, um how's I, that going yeah, I mean, you got some rain, I know, which is great this time of year, which like I'll touch on a little bit more. Crop, like the yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, bringing it back yeah. to 2021 now. Things are, actually, things are looking fantastic right now. I'm I'm actually more excited about this crop than I have been in a long time. So, um, yeah, we've got perfect rains pretty well. We actually need some dry weather right now, which it looks like we're set for oh, now this we, week. Now we need dry weather? Yeah, we need dry it's weather. Rainy. Now, so. so we've had enough rain. Yeah, and I'll... But, uh, uh, 
but yeah, that that things are things are looking great. So no, no. And they were looking great in '92, also. And I'll touch that in my report. Uh, the at least the I've, wheat, I've, the wheat I've was looking the, great in '92. I got I got a corn <laughs> and soybean report too. So. Okay. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> and finally, the person you usually hear talking right now, as I said, he is here tonight. But we're just kind of switching up some of the tasks on this episode. Coming to us live from overlooking the 18th green at uh, Country Oaks Golf Course in Montgomery, Indiana is our host, Brian Emmons. Tell us about 1992, Brian. Where were you? Well, in 92, I was not overlooking the 18th green at Country (laughs) Oaks. I was in Mountain Home, Idaho. I had joined the Air Force about a year and a half prior to that. I didn't know what in the hell I wanted to do with my life, and I'm 52 years old. I'm still not sure what I want to do with my life, but (laughs) we're getting closer at this point. But I uh, joined the Air Force and uh, got married. Daphne and I moved to Idaho and um, saw a part of the country that I never thought I would like, and and, uh, it was was really just beautiful, especially when you get up in northern Idaho. But um, I was an immunization uh, tech in the Air Force and kind of had a pretty cool gig. I ran my own clinic. It was a one-person immunization clinic. I did did shots and, and uh, allergy testing and stuff. But at this time, coming out of Desert Storm um, was a really cool time because <laughs> When you did mobility lines and all the pilots and everybody would would head over overseas to Saudi and then on to to Iraq, um, I basically talked to all those guys and and saw nearly every hind in on on Mountain Home Air Force Base as I I gave them all shots in their butt and before they went, but met some really cool people and and so that's where I was um, in in kind of you guys are going to handle the months i'm just going to chime in and cover music and movies and things but when i was kind of looking through the the newspaper of, of the time it's just funny how it takes you back to you know to that that time and, and different it things that, that went on in in that era well before we get into the episode we have our next installment of the mystery same voice but we're going to add a little bit more to it and then i'll draw out a name to um I, I know you'll get to all this, Brian. Did we heard from yeah. Tom Tool. Did, the, I, um, I, I didn't hear anything from Tommy, so we didn't did not get a guess on this one. So this will be our last one of drawing a name, and then on our next episode, we'll open it up to uh, the first person that can message and guess guess uh, guess the right Saluki. But uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and and cue the theme music. It's time for everybody's favorite game, That's right, you have a chance to win prizes by identifying the voice of a Saluki from your past. And don't forget, on the Mystery Voice, we may be calling you. Hello, old school Red Hill podcast listeners. Bridgeport, Illinois was a great place to grow up. Cheering for the Salukis is fun for the young and the old. One of my favorite taglines is, Glenn came home. Okay, so we added, mm, grew, so yes. we, we know he, it's a he, we know he grew up in Bridgeport. Uh, being a Saluki fan is for the young and the old. And one of his favorite taglines is, Slim came home. So, hmm. there you go. Let's uh, let's take a look at, uh, at the, the drum that Chip is now starting to spin. <laughs> As he's going to uh, going to draw out this week's potential winner. Yeah, I have the name. Okay. Looking forward to member this. of our site. They have to be a member of our page, and I put their name in the drum. It's a 1995 grad, Natalie Lynn Duncan. 
is the um is the name I've drawn out, Natalie, Natalie. Duncan. Natalie, good luck to you. Daughter brother, of Joyce and Brother Jeff. Brett. Brother Brett. Brett Cheerleader. Yeah. Valedictorian or uh, Brett posted a good picture um, memor, uh, in memory of Howard the Duck Creek this week on the, on the page. That was a neat picture. Yes, it was. I, I saw that today. So I don't was today Duck's birthday or maybe the anniversary of the day he passed. I'm not sure, I but I know it's his birthday. Yeah, today's Duck's birthday. So I never, I never, um, I never really got to be around. Duck came in after I had graduated. I mean, I saw him on the field and saw him on action, in action, but I never really had any. Um, I was going to ask about, I, I don't have any memory of him either. When did he come? When did he become part of the program? I know he was there when I started coaching in 99. So it must've been right around that time when he started okay. help, helping out and uh, okay. did a lot of the equipment stuff. And he was around a lot of practices and, okay. yeah. and then of course he went to the games and, one of those Red Hill super fans, you know, so he was, he lived and died Red Hill and he loved being a part of both the football and, uh, and basketball programs. He was, uh, he's missed for sure. Looking for insurance. We hope that you would call the Andrews insurance agency at 542 main street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. All right, so let's uh, let's get on with the show now. We'll uh, We're going to go... We're going to take June, July, and August. Summer of 92. Summer of 92. And we will, at some point, we will do the 91-92 school year. And at some point, we'll do the 92-93 school year. But this is what happened in between those two school years. And Gary's going to start us off with June of 1992. All right. Well, I, I have to say first that this was uh, this was fun researching. It was different than what we normally do. And uh, it just felt like you were just kind of uh, – we had an open book. We didn't really have much of a itinerary for what we we're going to do. So you may hear three different parts. I'm not sure how, but, uh, yeah. And, and, and the cool thing is by the time we got, if we do a school year, by the time we get to summer, we're, we're first of all, usually about three hours into the podcast yeah. And, yeah, and, we're and, and we don't, don't do a whole lot. So this will be cool to kind of dive into some things. Maybe we haven't in the past. Yeah. So, you know, as I was doing some research on things, I kind of went just, it's almost like a news report, maybe sort of here, I guess you could say, but Red Hill junior high had uh, two American Legion award winners during that year. And uh, we're going to hear from Katie Baltzell and Jamie Stevens were your winners for the, for that, uh, those awards, the American Legion. So a great start to the summer for those two, for sure. I think they were going to be incoming uh, freshmen, I believe uh, to, to Red Hill that next year. So, uh, congrats to Katie and Jamie. I don't know. I, I, Congratulations. I, yeah. I saw Katie a few times when I was at Eastern Illinois. I, I haven't seen Jamie in a really long time or Katie for that, for that matter. Yep. Katie currently teaching, uh, in the element at the Bridgeport grade school. So really? okay. still, still, uh, doing great things for the school district. Fantastic. All NEC softball and baseball award winners were named. We had a uh, junior Tracy Gray, and freshman, Dina Hayes, I believe that's Mike's younger sister, isn't yes. it? Dina? Yeah, she helped us out on one of the podcasts. Yeah, Mike. Tracy and Dina, both uh, honorable mention for the softball team. 
that year. And uh, yours truly and Tommy Holfacker were named first team all conference in the NEC. So that was uh, that was a, a disappointing baseball season. We didn't we didn't do as good and lost pretty early in the tournament that year, '92. But uh, Tommy Holfacker had a monster year, and uh, he was also named All Area Team in the Benson Sun Commercial. And an all-around good guy. The, yes, yes. And both uh, Rob Waller and Bobby Stevens made honorable mention on the baseball team uh, for the NEC that year. After 20 years of oil and dedicated services, longtime cook at Red Hill High School, Pat Hardacre retired the spatula. Oh, yeah, I love How those, good raisin, was she? those raisin <laughs> bars with that cream cheese icing that I talked about on one of the other pods. Oh, they're so good. So King was, I mean, King was there for her last, I mean, he, they went out together. I mean, as yes. King got the diploma, she went, <laughs> she retired also. So she had, she had spent the last seven years as the head cook at the high school. So she took over the whole, yeah, whole right shebang there. at that point. And they she were, was such a sweet lady. Those cooks were all so nice. I mean, they always had a smile on their face and, and, and I think they, they treated everybody great. And, and for what I saw, the kids all treated them really well, too. But always, always a smile on their face. I just never spent much time. I never ate lunch at school very often. So I didn't, uh, and we know, I wasn't in there very much. And we know Chip's history with, with yeah. Oh, yeah. I was snack bar. I was eating school food. But it was straight snack bar for all four years. And I'm assuming there was much interaction there. It was kind of I was, a, I was a sandwich line. I was a sandwich line guy. Uh, well, once in a while for the cafeteria, but look, mostly sandwich lines. In the eighties, we didn't have any fancy sandwich lines. <laughs> no, you, either, no. you you ate what they put on your tray, and you liked it. Brian, did you not have that chicken patty and fries for a buck ten? Did you not have the alternative room back yeah, there? Yeah, the... it seems like maybe that came in later. I, you know, I, I would have to really dig into this. Um, they may have added that alternative line before our senior year when they closed the campus because before yeah. you could, uh, there was a lot of times Neil and I drove to the hoagie house in Lawrencesville or, or you could, I mean, you go out and do lots of different Whatever. things. How'd yeah, you, uh, you, for you pull that off in 25 minutes? Well, you had to hurry. Well, it was longer than that though. Okay. Yeah. It was longer than 25 minutes. Yeah. Because I know they, they made it where he could, like, he would still walk to lose, but yeah, they wouldn't let the cars leave campus. Could cars, anymore. right. So I remember some people, I hadn't thought of this in 30 years, but I remember some people would like strategically hide their car, like out in a, like in a neighborhood. Side road. Right. Yeah, yeah, side so, road. You can so you could run to their car during lunch and have access to their vehicle. I, have, I remember people doing have that. Have smoke or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, I think that may be when they added that sandwich line, but I could be way off on that. Yeah, I just ever said I was. I bought two packs of shock tarts every day in there to, to take to study hall with me my senior year. So that's about, I wasn't. I just I was fortunate to walk down to my grandma's house and she always had lunch prepared for me every day. So I was a bit spoiled and she never spoiled did, with that. She never did that for me. Yeah, favorite grandson. So the Lawrence County Open, of course, yeah. one of the most popular events the first weekend of June. A couple of Red Hill Bridgeport uh, people uh, really had a great tournament. Uh, both Joe Kurtz and Roy Joe Diller tied for third in the championship flight. Oh, so great. got asked about a couple different, but uh, that was both championship cha championship flight players. And John Bunyan, he captured the A flight championship. Oh, okay. John's a big Saluki fan and big Cub fan as well. Yep. Um, 
nobody else that I saw did. Steve Potts, I think, was just taking up golf because Steve's a pretty good, decent golfer now, and he was he was way down in the D fight, shot in the 90s both days, I believe. So he must have been just starting his game off back in uh, 92. Hey, Gary, while you're on the first weekend, this would be a good time to talk about the Billboard charts on June 6th. And this song starting an eight-week eight week run at number one. It's Criss Cross. Jump. Started a craze among many kids of wearing their clothes backwards. I never partook in that as I was 22, but, you know, I maybe considered it a time or two. And uh, number two on the charts that week is another classic. One of those favorite things that we've talked about in music, Chip, when there's a parentheses in the title. Yes, love that. <laughs> My lovin'. You're never going to get it by Invo. You're never going to get it. My love. Never, never going to get it. No, you're never going to get it. Ow! And I misspoke. That was number three, but I'm going to save the number two song for later because I think Chip's going to talk about it. And I'll go ahead and set the stage at the movie theater before you go on, Gary. Um, at the Plaza, they're showing the Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman vehicle far and away. Encino Man with Sean Astin, Pauly Shore, and Brendan Fraser. Nice. At Showplace. Uh, Pedro Parra to see Encino Man. Oh, uh, really? That run, so. <laughs> I read something that they thought Pauly Shore was going to play the caveman guy, but realized that Brendan Fraser was much better in that role, so they flip-flopped him. So thought that was interesting. Over at the Showplace Cinema, three biggies. We've got Lethal Weapon 3. Patriot Games, and Sister Act. Now, we've got some big movies that weekend. I'll say two of those three are some of life I really like, but Sister Act, not so much. Which one of those movies had the highest worldwide gross? What was Probably Sister Act. So we've got Far and Away, we've got Encino Man, we've got Lethal Weapon 3, Patriot Games, and Sister Act. I'll say Lethal Weapon 3. I was going to say Lethal Weapon 3. So, rounding out the bottom is, and this is through, this is not obviously the first weekend, this is throughout the entire release, Encino Man does $41 million, which, for what it was, probably isn't too bad. Now we get into some big boys. Far and Away, with Kidman and Cruz, does $138 million. Patriot Games, Harrison Ford, does $178 million. Sister Act with $232 million worldwide gross and wow. Lethal Weapon 3, $322 million. I, can I share a quick Lethal Weapon 3 story with you? I would, um, please. I demand it. I actually went to Vincennes and saw that movie with 1994 grad Shane Wilson. Luffy. Uh, we were playing fantasy baseball. It was a very, not anything like, I still play it a lot today, not anything like it, it's, I mean, we had like five guys in the league and it was so, but um, I know I was trying to get Bobby Thigpen from him. 
White Sox uh, closer. And trying to butter him up. Buttered him up. Got him in my car where he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> he was forced to spend the evening with me. And so we went to Vincent's and back that night. You're whining and, and dining I, him. <laughs> probably paid his way. In, I probably not. Maybe paid his way. Just a young kid probably paid his way. I'm an adult at this time. Paid his way to Lethal Weapon 3. I'm going to say I paid his way. And I think by the end of the night, I acquired Bobby Thigpen from him. So. I'm sure. So, Gary, Dave, you're the judges here. Is that more of of a uh, Lethal Weapon 3 story or a Bobby Thigpen story? I don't know. I think it's more of a Bobby Thigpen story. I was going to say, I think Bobby Thigpen. I think Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> The weapon three just kind of in the background there. So. Yeah, great, great movie. Had a good time, yeah. but yeah, good to spend some time with Shane that night. Yes, I had a long run. I think that came out in May because um, I, I, me and John Putney were both big Lethal Weapon fans. We I, we went to see it opening weekend when school was still in session. So um, that had a good run over over in Vincennes. Yeah, I noticed throughout. I don't have a whole lot of movie updates honestly because it was it was the same. Yeah. Um, same movies over there for for a good portion of the time. No, no X-rated movies like that one. <laughs> By the way, I went back and and watched. <laughs> so that what was that movie called? Do you remember we um, talked about the last film? Um, film Fem something. Something. Yeah. Fem to say. Oh, yeah, I it, can't remember. It, French. Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and look it up. <laughs> yeah. So on the last uh, the previous episode, uh, the. Um, 81, 82. Yep. I believe that's school right. Year. No, 79, 80. school year. Um, yeah, we talked about that in my portion of the uh, episode there. So and going back to the music, uh, the music you covered, um, I'll still say that me and Chip are the only, only two people from Lawrence County that can, that can claim that they saw Chris Cross in concert at the Woodstock 1999. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 We Dave and I went to Woods, so we'll go more into this on a future episode. We'll get in. Right. We'll I think we might deep, might be able to do a whole podcast on that trip. Yeah, we'll we might do that on the Brian Owen Friend Show sometime. So but, make sure uh, you listen to yeah, that. Chris, Chris Cross was there first day. Uh, was that when, they, was, they were like what twenty two, twenty three years old. Don't yeah, man, but. So I think it started on a Wednesday. It started Wednesday, Dave. Thursday. Yeah, yeah whatever. It was such a peaceful night. The weather yeah. was perfect in Woodstock, New York, that oh, night, yeah. and it was. We were Fantastic. just we were lounged out in this shady area of the grass and just listened to crit. We couldn't see them where we were at. We could hear them across the yeah. way. Um, there were like trees and things. Night, in front. So. Yeah, and it, it changed a lot after that. <laughs> but it was it's such a, a peaceful piece. night that first night. And there's a good. Uh, or I, I say good. I haven't seen it yet. But there's a Woodstock '99 documentary, documentary yeah. about to come out. Tomorrow, I think yeah. it's tomorrow. It, Is that uh, on HBO? HBO Max. Yeah. Good. Or anyway. So. Awesome. Okay, Gary, keep going. Well, I was going to keep it with Criss Cross. I mean, it, their popularity was so large that year during uh, during Homecoming. One of the theme theme days was Criss Cross Day. Oh, that's right. So yeah. they even made it all the way to Homecoming Week, where I remember there's a picture in the yearbook of uh, Chip's sister Barbie, and I think Brandy Hager and Julie Croslow with their with their with their uh, baseball jerseys on backwards and their jeans on backwards. So it was a whole thing. Oh, Let's go to 1992 grads. Uh, our very own David King finished the year in high honors. Good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. But there was a little uh, article in the paper with the guidance counselor from Lawrenceville and uh, our very own uh, guidance counselor, Karen Miller, and she had some statistics I thought were interesting to share. 
11% of the 1992 graduates from Red Hill will not attend college, go right to work, or join the military. Some of the 11% said they're going to just go out and just start a family, just straight, right out of high school. Seems like, seems like a good plan. I'd say some probably started that family before, but uh, that was uh, that was part of it. And, uh, of course, there was uh, – how many foreign exchange students were in your class, Dave? Uh, two. Two. So that was part of that 11%. Pedro and uh, – oh, what was that girl's name? I can picture her. Well, they didn't have plans? Blonde I hair. Guess I guess they didn't care because <laughs> they were going back to Europe. Carolina, Carolina I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so wait. Now, what were the choices joining the military, going to college – or going to work. So you're telling me 11% of the graduating population said, I ain't doing nothing. So that would have been like, what, six or seven people. So two of them were foreign exchange students. So five of them. I still don't understand why they're not included, but okay, go ahead. Does it say that they're, does it say they're two of the seven? <laughs> it, just, it just included those that, that 11% were either starting a family or they were foreign exchange students. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mention that. Yes. So 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 two four, so five people chose start. This seems like a very irresponsible decision to me. Like you're not going to have a job. You're just going to start. Like starting a family is your plan. There's nothing else. Gonna, I would say probably you, or your option was just staying at home with the parents and not doing anything as well. So like I said, that could have been just some knuckleheads that didn't want to answer a, it. That's a good gig doing. if you can get it. <laughs> Let's see. So 11%, and another 11% said they were joining our United States military. So congrats, David. Do you remember who any of those guys would have been or gals? Uh, let's see. Right out. David McFarland? Tony Fiscus would have. Yeah, he went to the uh, Marines. Went to the Marines right out of high school. Um, Donnie Schick eventually made it there. I don't know if it was right out of high school or not. I bet it was. Uh, Scott Lieb, I believe. Yeah. Jeff Clark. Uh, Mike Bunning eventually ended up in the Air Force, but that was like five years after high school. Mike Bunning. And I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but those are the ones that come to mind right now. Well, they're, they're all joining Brino to protect our country, so thanks to all you guys for your service. You're welcome. And then six, 16% said they were going straight to work. So, you know, so you still have quite a quite a good number that were going to going to higher education. So Seems like a better uh, plan than just starting a family to me. Yeah, well, hey, you never know. In, in other news, incoming sophomore Freddie Gunzel, who was accompanied by the legendary Bob Clymer, uh, they were going to be featured at the Singspiration at the Lawrenceville First United Methodist Church. So Freddie's showing off the pipes with Mr. Clymer on the – on the piano, and that was uh, this was actually Mr. Climber's last year. Uh, that was his last year as in the high school, as the as the teacher, I believe. Let's talk about VU Dean's list. Yes, some big names here went to VU this year. So VU Dean's list, and these all graduates were graduates as well. But you had Monica Cunningham, Robin Andrews, and Tana Holtz, all on the Dean's list in physical therapy. Wow. Of course, you had Doug Bosley. He was on the honors list in the aviation department. And then uh, the OCC dean's list, you had Sherry Ross and Tina Fisher. Yet Andrea Gray was on the president's list over there at OCC. But Dennis P. Bowser was on the chancellor's list. Now, this at is... OCC? Yeah. Do you know what he would have been doing? This has to be the Dennis Bowser, right? It's probably Denise. Denise would have been there that year. She played yeah. basketball that year, so I'm guessing that they... The spelling. 
Yeah. It had Dennis. I promise you it said Dennis. I thought. <laughs> I never <laughs> saw him on campus. <laughs> I thought that was very strange. I didn't. I didn't Denise see had a name, huge, but... huge basketball season. Set a lot of records. Yeah, I'd forgotten you were there. I didn't see your yeah, name. Yeah, I was going to ask, did I show up on the list? <laughs> I didn't see you anywhere. <laughs> Also, so my grades were decent at OCC, but not Chancellor's List decent. Also attending OCC, Chip Jamerson. <laughs> and some of the other notable Red Hill that have graduated from VU. Uh, so congratulations to both Brady Havel and Brian Judy for graduating with the de- degrees in robotic technology. Yeah, oh. B.E. Judy. Ashley Hessler, I forgot about this, but Ashley, you know, when he graduated, what his... Uh, Culinary, culinary arts. arts. Culinary, mm-hmm. I've forgotten completely. I forgot. Now he's in. Yeah, he ran, so he ran the trace there. in. That's right. Yes, that's true. I forgot about that. And Donnie Deckard graduated with the law enforcement degree. So good. Congrats to all, all of those people. Sorry, Chip, I didn't mention you. I didn't Thank see you, Donnie. You there. Ron Felling has his annual uh, camp over there in Lawrenceville. It was a popular camp. Ron was, let's see, in 92. He still would have been with Coach Knight, wasn't yeah. he, at that time? Yeah, he'd still be there. So he was still coming back every summer to hold his uh, to hold his uh, basketball camp there. The one and only Travis Stolting was a double award winner in this camp. He was for his great class. He uh, won both the the free throw shooting and the set shot. So good job to Travis. Uh, future for, for him. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so it was a free throw and a set shot. I thought that they had a jump shot competition too. So I don't know what that was all about. My guess is that Felling's like his um, his system with, with kids, a progression with the little kids like Travis would start off. Let's master the set shot before we move up to the jump shot. I'm guessing it was something like that, that he had a whole progression as they aged through the program. I like where you're they, going there. You're shooting, I mean, yeah, greatest show, shooting coach in the nation. As we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Red Hill High School had a couple of ads in the newspaper. They were seeking oh boy. some teachers for the year. So, like I said, we were uh, on, on the on the hunt for a band and choral instructor. We'll get them in July. Yep. And then we're we're also looking for a Spanish teacher. And we will get that in July as well. Nice. So <laughs> I think that uh, I don't want to be a spoiler here, but I, I, I I'm thinking I know Mrs. Poland. She came back. She had retired and came back at one yeah. point. I'm not sure about. So we'll, I'm not sure if that was her job or that was her second retirement. We'll find out from here in a moment. Yeah, and as we head into the second week of June, uh, Billboard charts pretty much stayed the same. Um, no big big changes there. Although there's there's someone moving up that's going to spend a little time at number one uh, at the Plaza. Um, you're going to start a three week run at number one with Batman Returns. Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito. And Michelle Pfeiffer star in this pick, and uh, worldwide gross on that one two hundred and sixty-seven million dollars um, for the whole run of that movie, and uh, ninety-five million dollars for a Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn movie. Name that movie. Parenthood. Close, but no. House no. Sitter. Okay, yeah, I remember that. House what? House sitter. Okay. No, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. I haven't thought about it in 30 years, but yeah, I remember this. I remember that. I, I was the same way. And if you want to see Danny DeVito in his greatest role he's ever played, don't watch taxi. Don't watch Batman return. Watch. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Fantastic. <laughs> Makes the show. Just toboggan. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Brian, could you cue up my uh, Brian Adams song that I had uh, requested you to play? We have a, I have a, this was a, a, 
as far as Red Hill goes, a star-studded summer for, for weddings. I'm anxious to play this because I purposefully didn't. Because looking at the title, I don't know this song, but I'm thinking that when I hear it, I may. Well, I'm just assuming this song was going to be played at the wedding reception of this couple, so that's why I picked this one to be played. Because I hadn't heard it in a long time either, and I'm like, this is a damn good song. Here we go. Coming at you, W-A-K-O, on a Wednesday evening, I thought I died and gone to heaven, Brian Adams. I know King has to love this song, I'm guessing. It's, I'm still not familiar with it. It's going to have to get going. King's feeling it. Dave likes this. I'll just talk over it if you want. If you can turn down a little, get to the chorus, we can get to that. Okay, I'll tell you when the chorus comes because I don't. it's not here yet. Two Red Hill legends got married actually in late May. I want to talk a little bit because they finally had their picture and their announcement in the newspaper. Mark Ambrose and Tana Holtz. Hey, our, our first All ever right. mystery voice on the podcast. Tana Holtz. Here we Congratulations. Go. There's the chorus. I have never heard this song in my life. <laughs> I honestly don't think I've ever heard this song. I have, and it's been since 92, I would guess. Wow. Okay. So, after Great this song. Wedding, uh, really. So, like I said, the, the wedding was uh, occurred May 23rd, and uh, no, none other than Reverend Dwayne Ambrose officiated the wedding. On piano, we had Cinda Moore. She played the piano as we had the vocals from Kim Miller, who would be sister of Mark Ambrose and of Matt Ambrose and wife of Chuck Miller. And then you had, uh, so Kim and Jane Cunningham duetted while Well, that was going to be my question. I was really surprised Jane didn't get the piano duty as I know she does piano at a lot of weddings, but that explains it. She, they need her for the vocals. So we've sent it a piano. So, Hey, yeah, speak, so speaking of Cinda, thanks to Stacy Moore and people state bank for being a sponsor along with Andrew's insurance agency, the Pizza House of Tyler Griffin, and of course, Gray's Restaurant, and not to fail to mention Andrew's Insurance Agency. So, thanks, guys. We got the Matron of Honor. No shock here. Sonia Holt was the Matron of Honor for her for her older sister. Other people, other bridesmaids. Yeah, Jamie Gray was a bridesmaid in this wedding, and with some other some other ladies. This is a little bit shocking to me. We start getting into the who Mark had stand up with them. But Matt Fowler was his best man for Matt Carmel, and I think they would they played football at the Yeah, they played football at Milliken together. Milliken yeah. together. Uh, Neil Heath was in the wedding as a uh, stood up with Mark. I didn't realize they were tight. Yeah, long, longtime church members together at the, at the okay. church there in Bridgeport. Okay. So. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yes, yeah, so you had Neil Heath and Mike Gray stood up with stood okay. up with Mark at his wedding, and and, then and, her, and Neil's super close to Tana. We had a nice little friend group there, so Neil was really friends on both sides of that. So. Um, now, Brian, were you, I guess you were in Idaho. You probably weren't, you weren't able to come back for this wedding, were you? I'd like to think I was invited, but I did not make it back for the <laughs> wedding. No. Ushers, probably no shock. Matt here. Ambrose. Matt was actually in, he stood up too with high school. Okay. Chuck, stood up with Chuck Miller. Chuck was not in the wedding that I saw. Clifford. 
Oh, that's one. JC Brookhart? <laughs> no. Stacy? Stacy is another. Speaking of Stacy Moore, thank you to people State. <laughs> and Big Smitty Lance was the All right, was the you got, yeah, you got to keep those guys together. I love it. Stacy Lance. What an usher crew. I know, like the, probably the greatest ever. Right? Yeah. We, we could have put together a good football team with these guys in this wedding for sure, and, and probably other, every other sport as well. We did. Yeah, the Elks. <laughs> true. The Elks uh, held, held the reception for the it was a 6:30 wedding, so we had the Elks was the reception right after. Making tracks provided the music for this wedding. I don't know if making tracks was a band or was that a DJ service. I, gotta I don't think remember. Sounds like a band, but I don't know. We had Holly and Mike Moore. Uh, I forgot to mention them. Holly and Mike handed out programs at the wedding, so oh, thanks, a star-studded event there in May, May of '92 for. Mark and Tana still happily married today. Uh, where are they? They're back home, aren't they? Yeah, he uh, just got the head football coach at Tri County, I believe. He's the new head football coach. I think that might might be like uh, Kansas, Oakland. It's like several up in that area. Yeah. She works at Lincoln Trail now. Um, so, and I'll get into a little bit more on their family here in my report later. And they honeymooned in Gatlinburg in the summer of 92. So happy, good job, good job couple there. Charity Ferguson, big winner, $500 scholarship winner by the Lawrence County Homemakers Extension Association and also the 4-H Building and Ground Scholarship. So oh, wow. congrats to Charity on that one. Uh, good job, Mrs. Mrs. Havel. I don't have no recall of this, not one ounce of recall. Okay. But in the newspaper, the day record, the Red Hill High School baseball team's annual swim party and an awards banquet was held at Todd Gray's house at, the, at his pool. And you don't, don't remember this? None. I just thought it was an, it also said it was an annual swim party. I don't remember any of them. I never attended one. Yeah, they didn't invite me when I was the stat keeper the year before. So, uh, yeah, so thanks to Coach Todd Gray and uh, Gray's Restaurant for hosting us uh, for our awards banquet that night. I don't have any remember. That was on, uh, that was late June, June 24th. Jamie Stevens is back in the news. Jamie was named the United States National Award winner in English. He was not nominated by none other than English teacher, Mr. Robert Fife of the junior high. So Jamie's entering high school with many accolades. Those guys really did well. I mean, they did well at the high school too, but if you remember in past episodes, Bobby was winning like, right. It was speech contests that he was winning and going to state and those. Now he's winning. I mean, they really made their mark on RHJH right there in their hometown of Sumner. Yeah, they did. Speaking of people in the military, Scott Piper. Yes. He completed basic training in the United States Navy. So we had another uh, Bridgeport person that was a, Serving our country, so and, thank you to Scott. And congratulations to Scott on his recent engagement a couple weeks ago. He'll be getting married oh. later this year, so congrats to Scott. And when Good you job, say, Scott. you mean 2021, not, yeah, not 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> June school board was a pretty big one. Not, not as exciting as some in the years past, but uh, the June school board, they accepted the resignation of dance team instructor Amy Baker. We hired Greg Laughlin as the fifth and sixth grade basketball coach. I really wish you would have said they hired him as the dance team. (laughs) (laughs) We hired Bobby Waller as the fifth and sixth grade cheerleading sponsor. Big job. Hammer and Hank Gender was uh, uh, named Red Hill High School softball coach for the 1993 season. And this is something else that I had completely erased my memory until I read it in the newspaper. But Harry Rice... He reported to the board that he was very unhappy with how a, how a situation was handled at the high school. And I've forgotten all about this, but it was the last day of school. 
92, a group of Lawrenceville kids came over to Red Hill Ooh. and were, uh, if my my memory serves me correct, they were had something to do with D Holloway, but not, D was not involved in it that day. But they came over and they were they they jumped Justin Marinholtz. Oh my. So they slugged him a couple times. Danson SQ ended up, well, he was in my class. He ended up with a big shine around of the deal. And uh, all this was reported. Of course, we a lot of us knew the kids because I actually that day I was walking back from my grandma's house and one of the members, they were called the Cash Money Brothers. It was like a gang. It was hilarious, <laughs> but that was their name. But they, they were, were all down at a J.R. Lockhart was one of the guys, and they were down at uh, his mom's house, but they lived in Bridgeport on, uh, I believe, Gray Street, uh, right there by where my grandma. I heard a bunch of chaos and commotion and didn't, didn't, didn't think much of it. And by the time I'd walked back to school, this all they had fled and they were gone. And so, but Mr. Rice was pissed because they reported to the to the state's attorney's office and they made a police report and they never filed charges on those kids for coming over there and uh, causing a little ruckus there on the last day of school in 92. So well, I'm I glad Mr. Rice got that out there and I'm glad he put that out there. That yeah, absolutely. Right. I like he that. Great principle. Great principle for I wonder sure. wonder what the statute of limitations is on that. Can that case be reopened? Do you think? <laughs> I think we're probably past that. Uh, how many years ago has that been now? 20, 29. Uh, 20, oh my, 20, 29 years ago. Let's check it. It might be 30. <laughs> we, we might be on the deadline here. <laughs> well, I got I got the list of the names of the kids were there. So Good. if anybody wants to reach out, I think Michael Strange is now the uh, he's he was he's younger than those guys uh, you know are, but uh, they're right. still around there. Still process the board up the board upheld twenty suspensions for oh. junior high and high school students. Twenty. So it was a rough month, I guess, I guess. between the between the uh, May and June school board meeting. I'm not sure if they didn't up, upheld them. What happened? Probably but. Marin Holtz and Stanescu for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said earlier, I worked at the bus barn that summer. So usually what happened is that, and of course they hired the guy that had no knowledge of anything to do with the cars. And I was trying to, I didn't know what I was doing, but I got hired to work. But one sub, one month, or I'm sorry, one week out of the summer, they would, uh, Terry went on vacation. So I would go to the high school and work. And at that time, I think it was Justin Shear and Brian Havel and Eric Mosby. Well, one of the most awkward moments of my life. I was uh, I was courting Jesslyn Parrott that summer, courting. and Jesslyn and Eric had just broken up, and so of course the the day I get sent back to the high school, I'm working directly with Eric Mosby as we were uh, we're cleaning windows down the cafeteria. Yeah, so fun. I remember that was a bit of an awkward uh, awkward morning as uh, that all went down. So hopefully Eric's forgiven me for anything transgressions that may have happened back in the summer of '92. Maybe maybe he hasn't. But King, do you know the answer weird. to that? Maybe King can find out. Sometime. I don't think there's any residual hard feelings. So. Good, 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 good. It makes me feel much better. If I there, got a little court. If there is, okay. let's have him on the podcast. I want to have to hash this out on the air. I got some courthouse news for you. Yes. Michael Floyd, who was uh, at the time 16 years old from Sumner. You, you, you guys know Michael? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was fined $124 uh, for going 107 and a 55. <laughs> I can't oh. believe that's all he got fined. <laughs> I was going to say, that seems light. <laughs> One of our favorites, Kelly Tucker, was known to have a little bit of a lead foot. <laughs> Kelly was fined just a little $99 for 83 and a 55. So yeah. Kelly had that one. But this was pretty funny. And this was all in the same courthouse news on June the 5th. So all these names. Uh, D. Holloway. Jason Young, Bobby Stevens, all fined, which was funny too. They were all fined different amounts, which I thought was strange. For no seatbelts, all at fifth and state in Lawrenceville. They're all together in the same car and got popped for no seatbelts. <laughs> I wonder belts. if it was by height. <laughs> How you got fined. 
Maybe so, because they were there. Where was does it tell where Kelly was going 83? I think it was on 250 between okay. Bridgeport and Arnstall, right. yeah. <laughs> Michaels, I think, was out on 50 when he was going 107. <laughs> seems a little, seems a little uh, fast. Yeah, blast from the past yes. in the June 19th version. Jeffrey Lyles, age 17, now of Edwardsville. He was fined 50 bucks for going 39 in the 30. I didn't realize they were back in town that I weekend. He came back to visit, I guess. So he got nice to have Jeffy back. And unfortunately, no, what Floyd get? What did Floyd get fined for going one hundred and seven? One hundred twenty-four dollars for one hundred and seven. And you get fined fifty for going thirty-nine. Thirty-nine to thirty, yeah. Okay, I'm just clearing, that seemed fair. Just cleared it up. Maybe we had some. Uh, well, I won't go there. But let's see here. I think I was going to finish this off here. I think I'm going to, I'm here at the end of June, the last week of June. We got the annual Lions Club Jamboree oh, coming I to love, town. Love Uh-oh. the Jamboree. Uh-oh. President Bill of oh, David may have a story. This may be that year. I don't know. President uh, Bill Watson. Before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, President Bill Watson and Johnny Gray also. He was the uh, the club leader. They were picture prepping the Lions Den food stand prior to the opening of Jamboree. A six-day event. I forgot that it ran that long, but yeah. it ran from Monday to Saturday. Good burgers at the Jamboree. The Lions Den was going to be serving uh, food, <clears throat> excuse me, from four to ten thirty daily. Some of the events we have going on: we have Little League baseball going on on Monday and Tuesday night. That was always fun for uh, the Little League oh, yeah. with all the lights, bright lights, and the rides, and you'd have a few kids that get a little distracted out in the outfield during the games. Stand but, there uh, staring at the ride. It was, it was always fun. <laughs> Wednesday night, we had Tammy Harris. Uh, Tammy was from Florida, but she was named Miss Chicago, 1990. Tammy came uh, came all the way from Florida to have a gospel concert in the pavilion. So that was a free event. It was all donated by, the, by one of the churches there in town to have Tammy come over. Thursday, we had the Olney Square Dancing Show and a minor league baseball game. So the, uh, Friday night was the Junior Horse Show. And then Saturday night to round out, we had another Little League, uh, some Little League games, and we had entertainment that night as well. The Jamboree began in 1977, and the reason they brought that to Bridgeport was because the Lawrence County 4-H Fair scaled back, no longer offering Midway amusement park rides, and that's how the Jamboree got started in 97 because the 4-H kind of... I, I didn't realize that, so I, I 70, can't... Like, so it just started in 77? That's what it said, yeah. Really? How about and to me, I would have been I would have been four years old in 77, so it came, like, for me, I would have always thought it would have been there. I did, but I kind of came in with it, I guess. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, I would have guessed much earlier than that. Why well, I, I think I have on our future episode this, I'd like to do a whole episode on the Jamboree, and I Gary's got a good start in some of the research for us there, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, I think just the sad news this week, though, the, the band pavilion, the bandstands getting torn down, which was... Uh, and that's 2021 this week. Yes, okay. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think it was ready to fall down in 1992, but now they finally made the decision to take that iconic structure down. I haven't talked to you guys about this, but at, when we were discussing that bandstand coming down, I would like to propose a pod sometime on... And maybe we can do it on more than one... Um, renovation project that tj oversaw but i would really like to talk about the small town music festival i i that was a neat event they had bands all day right there in the bandstand because they had just refurbished that bandstand and i i think 
that it was a requirement that every band played Small Town by John Cougar Mellencamp. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. And I think that'd be a fun, fun podcast. Well, I know Chuck, Chucky Ash is like reviving that. I know a year or two ago they had, um, I think it was pre-COVID, so in 2019 yeah. they had their uh, Small Town Music Fest. And I know Adam Hankins' band played there. Um, Blind Side had played there yes. and, and several other bands. Dave, now, do you remember Tammy Harris's show at all, or no? You didn't attend that. No, no, okay. No recollection. Don't remember Miss Chicago. Yeah, coming King down. and I did the hardly. As we've talked about, like I know I did not go to this jamboree. Like, King and I hardly did anything that summer. So yeah, I, <laughs> I think I went. I think I went with Putney maybe one. Oh, you went one. Okay, I did not go anywhere near this place. I think it was that year. It might have been a year before too. I might be misremembering, but. But, uh, well, I was going to end uh, in June, uh, the the last few days of June. Brian, if you got a little Sir Mix a Lot queued up for me, that would be great. I will uh, pull that up right now. And this this song, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because we know what's at the beginning. This song. Did a five week run at number one, which shocked me a little bit. Yeah, I was shocked that did five weeks at number one. Yeah, the reason this song, it just it reminds me of this. This was, of course, my first year back playing basketball and uh, my freshman year. I don't think I participated in any of the summer stuff. So this was the first summer that I was playing organized basketball in the summer. And we had a, we had a league at Lincoln Trail we had to go to. But this is our first, my first VU team camp that Dan Sparks put together every year. So that's when you got to play teams from all over the place, and uh, which was a fun time. But we, we, I remember we all rode over there. We were heading down Hart Street. We we're going to the brand new subway that just opened up on Hart Street for lunch. And D Holloway pulled out a cassette tape. They had five versions of Baby Got Back on it. So I think it was <laughs> like an animal. Now here's my scandal. One for every week it was at number one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up the June of 92 for me, guys. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I'll tell you, the song, um, just to wrap up June for me, I kind of skipped over the June 20th Uh Ooh, songs on the Billboard Hot 100 and hitting number one that week was and did two weeks at number one Mariah Carey and I'll be there it's almost reversed I would have thought this did five weeks at number one and yeah. maybe got back did two but just the opposite but then when I pulled this song up it just made me so much want to play one of my favorite moments and we're going to go back to the original here. And I'm going to skip to the two. After this little interlude here, the bridge, when Michael comes back in here, it's one of my favorite moments in music. Here we go. If you should ever find someone I knew it was coming, and it still gave me chills. I love yeah. that part of that song. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Definitely an OCC song. Oh, with the Mariah Carey version. No question. Well, OCC song for maybe some, the original. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, before we get on to July, let's talk about good food. And there's no place better to go out to eat in Bridgeport, Illinois than Gray's Restaurant. 
Over 75 years, they've been cooking for all the folks in the local area. You can check out their daily lunch specials and and any weekly features on their Facebook page. They're open for dine-in, carry-out. Give them a call, 945-9501. Don't forget those great hand-cut steaks, the famous catfish dinners, and, of course, Chip, what do we love? We love those cheeseburgers, singles and doubles. Gray's cheeseburgers are awesome. I saw that next week, one of the weeks, uh, one of their lunch specials is the bacon cheeseburger. So somebody go eat that and let us know how good it is because I'm sure it's fantastic. But give them a call, 945-9501, or just go see the folks and let the Gray family cook for your family today. It's never even occurred to me to ask them to add bacon to the double cheeseburger. They probably do it. Yeah, they, definitely they definitely are. Do yeah, they're, they're definitely going to do it next week. I mean, there's no, there's no That's question. A great idea. So who's got July? I have July, and uh, thank you, Gary. That was great. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of just go chronologically oh. through the month, and we'll hit on a few different topics. Some of the topics we may not spend any time on, so don't feel like we have to force conversation here, and some will probably um, inspire some some conversations from us. So uh, in early July, I've only got one Hobstot report here. I just want to um, – Hobstot's big. It's I mean, Sumner Raceway, you would see more Red Hill racers there. You'd see more familiar names, but Hobstot pulls in from – a larger area at, the, at this time. And, but congratulations, Randy Dowdy um, from Sumner is currently in eighth place in the modified stocks down at Hobstot in July. So we're, we're well into the season. He's hanging in the top 10. So uh, good job to, to Randy. Um, one of Brian's um, classmates at Red, Red Hill High School, class of 87, Gail Paddock, uh, just uh, graduated from EIU with a degree in education. I believe she's still doing some things down education in the Metro East area. So, um, and then Jennifer Glosser also graduated from Eastern Illinois University with a degree in business. The Glossers, uh, Jennifer, I think, made, went to her whole, most of her high school career at Red Hill. And um, I know when they moved to town, her father, Gary Glosser, they moved when he was, you know, got the superintendent's job. Yep. So, um, there was several of our listeners, Joe Jennifer. And then, um, I don't have a full report because it's usually later that these come out in the paper, but we have a wedding update here. Uh, July 4th, big name from Red Hill was married. Height Baldwin married Shannon Linton. And so happy belated 29th wedding anniversary to them. They just celebrated that a few weeks ago. So they were married in July. So I'm sure the whole report will come out in August or September paper, but I didn't want to go out of the July paper. Still talk to so, still talk to Height once in a while. He's doing doing very well in the Dallas area. So, yeah. Um, one one theme that and, and I'm gonna have several. Wed- I know Gary talked did some wedding information too. I have basically if I saw a wedding listed and listed people that we had maybe mentioned on the podcast before, I made note of that and I'll touch on that a little bit in my report. So we definitely have more weddings coming up. I just didn't want to jam them all together. They'll be spread out throughout my report here. One um, common theme was uh, Joe Jones was really get. I guess I honestly didn't read the articles real close, but I guess there was a push to get uh, prayer back into the schools. We know that never happens. Prayer's not in school still, but Joe Jones is just, I mean, these were, 
he's kind of underrated as an education, right? He was the education person at the Daily Record. I didn't know We that. know him as the, the sport. Because he was the one that he would always be at the school board meetings and he would cover all those. And so he was really digging in. He was very interested in this school prayer on whether it was going to return to school or not. Not sure where he said he was kind of, I think he was right down the middle neutral on that in his articles as we would expect him to be. Yes. So, um a lot of talk on school prayer throughout American Legion ball is going strong right now. Now, Gary was a member of this American Legion team. We've mentioned it a little bit before during the Gary interview. It's for 16, 17, 18 year olds. Uh, and it's a Lawrence County team. So it's members from Red Hill and Lawrenceville. And it was very dominated by Red Hill people as I mean, and during these, these classes of these kids were very, um, much stronger at Red Hill than Lawrence was just kind of one of those ways where the tat where there's more talent at Red Hill at this time. I know Adam Fry was highly involved, but other, other than that, there weren't a lot of Lawrenceville names that came up. So some, uh, they played green County that night from Indiana and Gary that night. I don't know if you remember this game on July 1st against green County, but you went three for three with five RBI. You also pitched that night, striking out 11, uh, over six innings for the, for the win. So a big game versus green County, um, Rob Waller, he was honorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good point. In 2021. Yes. Um, Rob Waller, who is honorable mention all conference. We know he's, he's, his baseball game continues to improve after graduation, hit a two run homer that night. Uh, other big names on that team that had big days to the plate. Eric Holtz, Tommy Halfacre, Kelly Tucker, Chris Ralston, Jay Wilcox. I, I didn't write down the final score of this game, but I know it was. Uh, I mean, you, those guys all had multiple hits, so it was a it was a big win for the Legion post. Where you guys post twenty eight? Is that what we are? Okay, twenty eight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, very much Red Hill dominated for sure. Yeah, and like in this article, I mean, I don't know if Adam's Nick. I was only writing down the Red Hill names, but there was a lot of the articles where it was Adam just and, and, yeah. and just Red Hill names from there from there on out. Yeah. Um, I only have one swim team report. Jill Phipps, I know the Phipps family. I know they're fans of the show. Jill uh, is in the 13, 14-year-old division for the Lawrence County swim team and had a, a monster day as we would all become – we're going to be getting into swimming here in the next couple weeks and – so Jill Phipps, kind of those one of the maybe not a Katie Ledecky or a, um, gosh, can't remember my favorite Lily King type Lily of King. of day, but two first place, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth Whoa. in the suite. So, and and the reason I and I don't know if Jill didn't I don't some she had other um, things going on, but in the in the after this, it was mainly just Lawrenceville names in the swim team articles. Uh, not a lot. So it was kind of the Lawrenceville people were doing the swimming. The Red Hill people were doing the uh, Le- the Legion baseball and a lot of summer softball, too, I saw there. So um, now next, uh, St. Francis still had their July 4th celebration. Estimated 4,000 people in St. Wow. Francis. Oh, wow. my goodness. Um, has anybody ever been to the St. Francis before 4th of July? I mean, this, is not, a- this is not the Chestnut Festival. No, this is okay. completely separate. I want to make sure. So they're whole, they're hosting two major events. Yes, <laughs> um, the mud volleyball. Tr- now, and I may be completely off of this. Brian, did you were you involved? It may not have been St. Francis, it may have been in Lawrenceville. Like, were you in a mud volleyball tournament one year, like with Druthers or Derry with Druthers yeah, or something? Uh, it was uh, in Lawrenceville. Um, okay, that little. That's so I don't even think it's like a park anymore, but it was down kind of like near the Ambrol River. In that yeah, that's yeah. okay. 
But uh, yeah, when, when I saw mud volleyball, I knew it was a sport that Brian would have been involved in. And I got my crop Once. report now. So, <laughs> so the uh, the wheat harvest um, here, and some of these numbers are obviously going to make perfect sense to Dave when he hears them. He's going to know, kind of compare that to present day. Um, this was June 28th at our at the report. 15% of the wheat crop had been harvested by June 28th. Um, sounds good. I, I think it... Say 50 or 15? 15. Okay. Uh, 51% was 375% in fair to good condition at this time. Okay. Um, Ron Waldrop, I, I know, I'm sure he's in all these agriculture articles, Ron Waldrop, he was like led the different, he still might do that today, lead different Lawrence County uh, organizations involved with agriculture and, and so forth. But he said, Justin, there had been just enough dry weather and just enough rain. Um, uh, the weather in May had been bad for corn and wheat or for corn and beans, but had been good for wheat. So um, I may, I'm doing this a lot for Dave just to refresh him on that. But um, so. He's <laughs> trying to find a, trying to find a farm report song. I thought this no. would work. Now, Waldrop did say that... Uh, More of a rape song, I think. <laughs> uh, July and August will be crucial for rain, and we need our surface moisture. So I know you, you and you've been getting your surface moisture in July for this year, in 2021, yeah. Dave. Yeah. So yeah. now the Waldrop brothers, if you, if you search for them, and I assume Ron is brothers with Dave and, and Dwayne Bub Waldrop, but... These guys, I didn't realize how great they were at Sumner back in the early 70s. I, looking at some box scores, you basically got five guys doing a lot of the scoring, and it came from two families. Brian. It was, yeah. Oh, Ron, <laughs> Ron, Dave, Dwayne Waldrop, along with um, the Bryant's, um, Jess and Bill. Um, I, I, I guess their brother um, that came, I think it was named Chad's dad, that lives over in Lawrenceville. Um, I don't know if he didn't play, didn't play as much or was came off the bench, but uh, but yeah, the Bryans and the Waldrops uh, were were dying, putting up huge numbers. But and Dave had some some really big games, and those families were really loyal to Sumner. They all they stayed in Sumner. I don't know if Ron did, but the um, you know Dwayne and Dave and and the and the two two Bryan brothers that play, Jess and Bill were loyal to Sumner. Um, yeah, and they're they're. You know, their kids would play in the Sumner baseball leagues. Um, so um, this was just in the final couple years of, of Sumner era basketball. Um, a big 50th wedding anniversary to Mr. and Mrs. William Gerald. Now, that name may not sound familiar to you right now, but they are the grandparents of Doug Stevenson. And now that I say grandparents of Doug Stevenson, I think you can picture which house they lived in. Live that familiar house on Judy Avenue, yep. which is... Is it where the tailgate lot is now or next to where the tailgate lot is now? But I think it was right next door. I think they, they, that house is a little further to the north. Okay. Just a little bit. So, so yes, happy 50th wedding anniversary to them. I, yeah. um, I guess it, I don't know if they're still living or not. It potentially be their 79th wedding anniversary this, uh, this summer. Well, I tell you what, when you talk about that area, though, and you talk about food, when you brought up the... You brought up the tailgates. There's one place for Bridgeport-style pizza. David King, where is that at? Pizza House, of course. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, located right there across from the Dog Pound. 
you know how to get a hold of them. Call 945-3663. They're open Tuesday through Sunday from 4 to 9. And then the first Friday of the month, of course, they're open for lunch. And this month, that fantastic dessert pizza that we talked about earlier, you got the crust, of course. Then they throw on that Nutella as the sauce. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to add blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, raspberries, and they're going to sprinkle that with powdered sugar. It's available in the 10-inch crust for only $10.69. You can't give up (laughs) $10.69 for that. That's one-fifth of Joey Lyle's speeding ticket. (laughs) Jeffy. (laughs) Jeffy Lyle's. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House for Bridgeport-style pizza. Give them a call. They will be happy <laughs> to serve you. And, and one, I know Tyler's not open on Mondays, but one thing I notice on their Facebook page and from talking to people, he does a lot of, like, fundraisers and things like that. So he does a lot of giving back. I know my mom was just there, I think, on Monday. Uh, was they were, I don't know if it was spaghetti dinner or something, but uh, for someone, a uh, person battling cancer right now. So, you know, thank you to Tyler for continuing to do all yeah. those hosting those fundraisers. So even on the nights when Pizza House isn't open, he's off. He's there doing a lot of work. And I tell you, that's us. one thing about the sponsors of this show. Um, not only is it great that, that we can try to help promote them and their specials and things, but Andrews, Peoples, Gray's, the Pizza House, I mean, for years have supported sports events, 4-H, all kind of a community events. So let them know that a you hear about them here, but let them know that that you appreciate them, you know, supporting the community because they're all uh, doing their part for sure and more. Yeah, definitely. So, so let, let's let's move along here. We'll we'll continue while we're talking about food. Let's just let's go with that. Um, the Elks um, was I, I. We went to eat there a lot when I was a ki- like little kid. Like I remember going there when I was like four or five years old, and then for some reason we kind of. Like my dad was a big Elks member at one time, and I think we just kind of we drifted went a, away from that. We went a lot on Friday nights when they had fried chicken. Well, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. Oh, here. awesome! Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is this is the these deals are just amazing deals they had on Friday night. Now this is 1992. I know it was 29 years ago. To me, it doesn't seem like that long ago, and it doesn't seem like there should be like these like. It, to me, it doesn't seem like prices have changed that much until you start. Like, and maybe you can get deals like this, but. This fried chicken dinner that your family would go to, Brian, you can get a fried chicken buffet style, which I'm assuming means you can get as much fried chicken yeah, as you want. Yeah, they just kept bringing it out <laughs> by the bucket. <laughs> so it's like all you can eat fried chicken, mashed potatoes, vegetables, homemade noodles, and a roll for $4.50. <laughs> that, that is a great deal. And if you wanted the salad bar, you could tack on $1.50 for that. For So for 6 bucks, I mean, that's... I can wow. see why so many families went there on Friday nights. Yeah. What and then deal. Saturday night, they had their 21-piece shrimp basket. And what's the deal with 21-piece shrimp baskets? I don't know. <laughs> How did that number come about? Because <laughs> we know Gray's has the famous 21. I assume they still sell the tw- famous 21-piece shrimp dinner. It's always, uh, <laughs> it's always, I don't, you know, that's a great question. I don't. I don't know if other counties do it as much or if it's just kind of a Lawrence County thing. Where you know, they say <laughs> that, you know, they, they, came up with 18 holes in golf because that's how long it took the Scottish to drink a pint of whiskey while they played. Maybe in the early days of shrimp eating, like once you hit 21, that's just all you could go. You couldn't eat anymore. So if the, if if the, um, 
Oh, if that six dollars, you don't want to go out on Friday night. Six dollars is too much for you. For five seventy five, you get the twenty one piece strip basket. This is on Saturday. Your choice of potato plus the salad bars included in this for five seventy five. And the thing I forgot to mention on the Friday, if you didn't want the fried chicken buffet, maybe you go there every week. You want something different. They also sold a filet mignon, and that came with your potato. Came with the potato. And the salad bar was included seven dollars and fifty cents. Oh, I mean, I got, I have shrimp, I have shrimp news. I do too. Wait a minute, let me, let me find our breaking news, uh, because this could, uh, this could be good. Because I'm sure we both stumbled upon the same article. <laughs> Gary Emmons now reports on shrimp. Gary, take it away. The origin of Twenty One Shrimp came from what a typically that would be one pound of shrimp. Okay. Sometimes you get 21, sometimes you get 25. Depends upon the size of the shrimp, but that's normally what a so pound I of shrimp if, like at Gray's and at Elks, if they were meticulously counting out the 21 or just giving you a pound and sometimes you'd have... I remember when I would get the 21-piece shrimp, and I can remember Dave just sitting there at the bar in my family's kitchen and like counting my shrimp. And I think sometimes there was like... I'd get mad if I was 20 or I'd you know, get really excited if I was 22. Um, well, it sounds like you were just getting a pound of shrimp then. So that's why I'm, that, as I'm just kind of thinking through this in my head that yeah. maybe it is just a pound. It's usually around average of 21 per order. Yeah, yeah okay. it says 20. It, shrimp sizes are denote, denoted in numbers such as 21 slash 25 or U15. When you see the U in the count, it means they are under that number of shrimp in a pound. 2125s in at 21 to 25 shrimp per pound. So okay. the as the as the numbers get smaller, the shrimp should get bigger. And so I bet they're buying them in a you buy them probably I'm guessing here um, you buy them in a size. So if you buy like a small shrimp, that is about 21 to 25 a pound. Yeah, I, 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 I did not know any folks, of this. This is great folks, information. Folks, we're, we're learning together here tonight. <laughs> um, congratulating the masses. So he's playing NCAA football. He's getting married in May. He just got married in May. Still, still, he's got one more year of NCAA football left. And he's also on the Dean's List. Congratulations to Mark Ambrose at Millican University. What a year he's having. For making the Dean's List at Millican. So, yes, this would be his junior year. Um, and he had a really good football career. And we know he had a great football career at Red Hill, but uh, had a really good career as a running back there. And as I said, he's a head football coach now in Illinois. He's had several coaching stops and lived in Michigan for several years. And glad they're back in Illinois. And I thought being um, a recent podcast I've been listening to, I thought I'd give a little plug to it. Uh, Mark and uh, Tana's son, Isaac, hosts a podcast called East of First. It's a Fighting Illini podcast. I've listened to, I think, every he's about five episodes. So he's, I, he's like 23, 24. So he's freshly out of college and is into like, he was like majored in communications or something like that in college. And he's a huge Illini fan and lives in Champaign now. So, if you yeah, are liking liking podcasts and maybe this is we weren't really into podcasts so you listen to this one um give some mark and Thomas son a listen over it and give them a review give him a review east of first just search for that on um wherever you get your podcast east of so, first yeah i think the um the uh, assembly hall state farm center and memorial stadium 
I think they are both east of First Street oh. in Champaign is like where it. he got the name for his podcast. I like it. Um, July 10th. Now, there's a, there's a bigger board report in the following week. So this, was ju- this board report was just on the, the left-hand side in one of those really narrow columns of the paper. But it was a lot of big information, July, and then there will be another. So I'm guessing they need to have a meeting to approve these retirements and then another meeting then to hire the replacement placements the following week. So at this July 10th meeting, um, as Gary said, Mr. Clymer officially retired at the end of the school year, uh, 35 years at the school. So um, as we had found in one of the other epi- on the music episode and his replacement, I did not, like I say it now, I was, I went up EIU. I was not around as much that year, but Melinda Walwer was uh, tabbed to replace him Um I, I, I searched for on Facebook, like, and it's not Waller like Rob, Walwer, W-A-L-W-E-R. So I searched for her on Facebook. It's hard to say. I, I, I don't remember her at all leading the band or anything. So I thought maybe she never even made it to the school year, but I do have one mutual friend with her. Melissa Osball is friends with her on Facebook. So she must have been there at some point because Melissa got to know her. Melissa's big in the music program there at Red Hill. And so, yeah. So I would say one year at the most, but I don't understand. Uh, I don't remember. I in my head, Kit Ingram led the band at the high yeah. school. So I don't. Wow, I don't remember her at all. And they're also gonna. She's also gonna be the pom poms coach. What um, Melinda Walwer is. So, <laughs> um, yeah, she's living out east now, like in Connecticut, New Hampshire, somewhere out there. But uh, so if you, yeah. Let us know in the Facebook. Um, Brian put a post up, and we'll have you know where this where he found the, the link to this podcast. Uh, do you remember Melinda Walwer, Melissa? We know you do. And um, how was <laughs> how was it having band with her that year? Did she even make it like through the year? Or how long was she there before they had to move Mr. Ingram up to to take over? I thought for a second you were asking me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just asking our <laughs> our listeners. Um, another, okay, another surprising thing here. Because we had talked before how I think uh, Dave talked about like maybe his freshman year was like Mr. Hamill's last year at the high school or something like that. I probably knew it at the time, but I completely forgot. I didn't know he went to the junior high or I'd forgotten he went to the junior high and I taught. I remember that. Yeah. So, he did? Yeah, I remember I hearing that. Because <laughs> I thought like when Dave said like his last, because right. Gary, you never had Mr. Hamill, right? Never so we're did. thinking Dave's freshman year was Mr. Hamill's last year, but I guess he put in three more years as the junior high language arts teacher. And I, I no clue. And I can't, I can't even picture him at that point because that's five years after me. Or well, I guess when he left would be what was that consecutive year? I mean, did he set out a couple years? Because I thought Bagby took the wasn't Bagby yeah, the right? language I was arts think, teacher at the. I was high? thinking the same thing. I was thinking the exact same thing, and that maybe he did come back. It did mention that set the article mentioned that he had been teaching at the junior high. They made it sound like the last few years, but I was thinking maybe they needed him to come in for like yeah. a year or two. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. They're considering this is retirement. I mean, if he can't. So I don't. I don't know. I I really wish he was because. I wish he was soaring. He would love this podcast yeah. because he was great on the on the growing up Bridgeport uh, board. Like eight or nine years ago, he was all over. Like he's a Bridgeport history. He lo- like he loves having these kind of conversations. Like, right, he would right. Yeah, on the show with us and talk about this kind of stuff. And um, I've like I've got a 
I'll never delete this post. In my Facebook Messenger, he sent me this. I had asked a question sometime about a fire that I witnessed in Red in Bridgeport, like in 77 or 78. I just remember it was at my babysitter's house and saw this fire on Chestnut Street where uh right around where Brian Lumber Company is. Oh, yeah, I remember or, that uh, fire. Yeah. Or uh, Olive Street, I guess it would have right, been on. Yeah. Um, so I would be on Olive Street and uh Oliver Chestnut, one of those streets, but um and I was I was only like four or five at the time, but it means you'd, you don't forget this kind of stuff. When you see this huge fire on a house where you, when you're right across the street, something you don't forget, it's etched. But as a four or five-year-old, I was five, um, your, some of your memory might be fuzzy a little bit on it, but he sent me this huge Facebook message telling me all the details of the fire, how it started, who was there, and all this. So um, just things like that. I know he would, he'd be, he'd be here to correct us on anything that we had. But yeah, I mean, whether it was a year or three years, I was – shocked that he was yeah. at the junior high um but he's officially retired now it says oh. he's been in the district since 1960 wow um so um i don't know if you've taught anywhere prior to that but yeah that was and then mrs poland has re-retired so those are three big names yeah, sure. i mean i Some really don't know if he talk i mean talk about the ushers at mark and tana's wedding um, I don't know if you could get a bigger retirement class than, than this at Red Hill. Now, we, we know Mrs. Poland had retired before. Um, I what mentioned is, before I was the only one that did not have her as a Spanish teacher. I admit that I was the two she years was she just was a out. Sweetheart. Just an absolute for, sweetheart. For the two years I had Spanish. Yeah, I got to. I was on in Spanish. I've said this, but people don't listen to every podcast. I was in Spanish club, so got to. I think I was an officer of the Spanish club, actually. Oh, wow. um, so um, Jeez, I got to work. Bragging. I got to work. That's a work. lot of responsibility there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying there's to work. A, there's its own podcast treasure. episode just to discuss that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got to work with her a little bit in that executive committee with her there, and she was so nice and kind then, too. So that was really all I got to work with her. Um, but Mr. Rice had some great quotes in the paper. He said, she was good enough to bail us out so we could still offer Spanish classes. Like you two guys, Dave and Gary, yeah. you were in danger of not having Spanish classes there. Yeah. Uh, but she came and bailed us out. She's And back to Mr. Rice's quote, she's a class individual and an excellent teacher. See, we we might need her services again. Oh, so Miss Mister oh, Rice is whoa. not ruling. Out. <laughs> He's not ruling out. If we can't find someone, we maybe bring. And she probably would have come back for another year. But yeah. it sounds like, I, as I'll report in a little bit, they did find somebody. She's like, um, she's like Ric Flair. But these are such tough positions to find. And I, anybody, if you have like a child that's, if they're you know if they're good at Spanish. And they're thinking about going into, they want to teach high school and get into education. Now, I know there's teaching shortages. There's a lot of jobs out there, but Spanish teachers are very difficult to find. Like, I don't even know if Red Hill has a Spanish teacher. Now, I know a lot of schools just do it do an online course now is what they do oh, wow. for a Spanish. But, like, yeah. I know right now where I teach at Ridgeview, we are looking for a Spanish teacher. And Gibson City, our next-door neighbor, is looking for a Spanish teacher. And I can't imagine both districts are going to land somebody. And they haven't landed anybody yet. We start school in a month. Well, so. I've, I've promised my children that I won't complain about this until they both graduate. But my son is now about to go into Spanish 4, which Impressive. he will have two – two semesters of college credit coming of foreign language coming out of this he can't speak, he can't <laughs> order a taco off a menu in spanish 
And but I promise that I won't say anything until they gra- he, until they graduate and they can get their A pluses and and move on and somehow don't speak a word of Spanish. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they're right there, Spanish four. If he's looking into going to ed, that's the place to go. If you if you're good, yeah, if you don't want to do I mean, anything. I, I don't know if he would teach. I don't know how well he can teach it, but yeah. <laughs> he'd have to take some courses in college that would bring him up to speed. Um, I, I tease that we'd have some wed some more wet some wedding information. This is our first big wedding to speak of here. And I think the wedding actually happened maybe in May. I think it was May 23rd, actually, the same day that um, oh, Tana and Mark, wow. same day Tana and Mark got married. Um, Donna Franz uh, wedding. Now, her name may sound familiar because I think it is like maybe 84. She was the homecoming queen. So if you want to go back and listen to Homecoming, we hyped that episode a lot, but one of our better episodes, you'll hear about when Donna Franz was crowned Homecoming Queen. Yes, she was. And um, So a little bit, and another name I've mentioned, the soloist at that wedding was Stacy Harper. And we mentioned his mom in the last episode had just gotten the job as the title teacher in Red Hill. And um, Stacy, I think, is an 84. Five graduate be an 85 grad that's right with with, with donna friends i believe so absolutely with donna. <laughs> yeah. so um stacy harp i don't have a lot so i was gonna i got a little bit more on this so stacy's the soloist and he sang a lot of hit songs that night they had him sing six solo so a lot of um did you say six he had to do six <laughs> that night so and weddings usually aren't that long um so he sang my only love he sang Color My World. You Are So Beautiful, of course. Um, a song called I Never Thought. And then the song that most of you are familiar with. And and Brian, I know you were friends with Stacy in high school. I don't know if you were able to get anything from I know this wedding happened 29 years ago. Um, he sang Wind Beneath My Wings, which you know would be a hit song by Bette Midler right around a couple years before that. Did we get did we Get anything from Donna, from Stacy, from that wedding of him singing? No, we did. They, uh, I, I, we, we had to chase this down, and it might be a little grainy, honestly. Um, but we do have audio from that wedding. And, oh, wow. Well, thanks, oh, Brian. Holy crap. And, yeah, so here it is. To never have sunlight on your face. This is off a of VHS tape. You've been content to <laughs> let me shine. Did you ever know that you're my hero? The sweet stylings of Stacy Harper. <laughs> and everything I like to be. I was going to say something, we got to listen to the, the big parts coming. in chorus with Stacy and I don't remember the the smoothness of that but man outstanding job and, and I believe when I mentioned him in a previous episode it was because he did really well at a music contest in junior high or high school or something so obviously music's important to Stacy and so thank you for um playing those seeing all those great songs at that wedding um 
The wedding party, Christy Stacey, Hodge. Stacey, Stacey, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Christy Hodge was the maid of honor, and Carol Farlow and Liz Mattingly were bridesmaids. So I remember Christy somewhat. I don't know Carol and Liz as well or at all, to be honest with you. Um, so we know Little League All Star season is big in July, and. This all-star team, we've talked about some great teams before. This one's off to an amazing start. Uh, they opened up play. Bridgeport's hosting there at Lanterman Park, and we're playing Noble in the opening round, and we win 29-8 to eight over Noble. I think I remember being at this game. Okay, well, I'm sure if you were there, you remember this. Josh Young. Josh F. Young hit two home runs that night. Uh, so, yeah, you remembered the night. Oh, I remember those two home runs. They landed up by the pavilion. They were rockets. Yeah, so Josh went on to be a great athlete at Red Hill. Hit two overs. Josh Hill went deep that night. John Hardacre was the winning pitcher. Uh, he also had three hits to go along with that kind of a Gary Emmons uh, type night like Gary had a few nights earlier uh, for the Legion Ball. Uh, Bradley Hager, Quinn Gray, Adam Thacker, multi-hit games. The Mike Moore, Jay Moore, and John Parrott each had a hit in that big 29-run effort. Uh, they would go on. It's a, no, I, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead and finish your thought. Well, as it, they would go on to – it's a double elimination tournament. They would go on to lose their next two to Olney and Mount Vernon, so some big-time teams – and be eliminated. But hey, that one night, that night in July was one that anybody, obviously, it, it, we've proven it here. Anyone yeah. that was there will never forget never, that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, Gary, what was it? I saw Chancey Roderick had posted um, the the local uh, Cal Ripken team um, won a tournament yep. and, and headed to, was it? Lexington, regional? Kentucky for yeah. the World Series. I oh, heard for the World Series. That. I mean, to I think it's still part of uh, yeah. regional play. But gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't think it's started yet. I think maybe it's tomorrow, maybe. I just okay. know, just take a look. I know they were trying to raise some money. They may still be doing that or something, but take a look. Uh, help to help them out. But And good luck to, uh, if you listen to this, maybe while you're driving to Lexington or, or in between games, um, good luck to the boys down there. Hope they do well. Yes, definitely. State champions. They won Mattoon last week, big time. Um Let's see. I got another American Legion. I got about three of them in this episode. Uh, a big win over Jasper, a baseball powerhouse Jasper. Um, five to two win. I read this article. Now, did Scott roll? Did Scott Rowland play on that team? on that team? No, because we were we knew of Scott Rowland. I remember we got there and he was not. I think he wasn't spending his time on the Jasper American Legion <laughs> team. He's doing something different. Would have been a better story had he been there. <laughs> well, Gary, Gary's on the mound again. Um, he pitched six strong innings in that five to two win, and also went deep that night. So. Gary, as we mentioned on the Gary episode, I think during the summer of Legion Ball, um, well, I guess it was the next summer where uh, you were get, you know, Dennis Conley really came in strong with the with the recruiting yeah. um, because this would have been after your junior year. But so yeah, Gary's just a 17 year old on this team and um, having a great summer. Uh, the team is now eight and eight on the season. Tommy Halfacre also hit a homer that night. Chris Ross and Eric Holtz also had big nights at the plate. So I think that was the uh, night too. Tommy came in in relief and and got the save. I think I read, if that's the same night. Okay, very well. Yeah, very well. Could yeah, because. Um, if it was over at Jasper, Gary pitched six. Somebody had to pitch the seventh, so it sounds like Tommy would have pitched the seventh. Those seven were nine-inning games. Oh, they're nine. Oh, they're, okay. So he made yeah. a three-inning save. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I forgot those were nine-inning games. That was great for for people that love baseball, like Gary and Eric Holtz and these people did. I mean, 
What a great! He played a lot of games against a lot of teams you'd never seen before in nine inning games. I and mean, there wasn't any time limit either, right? I mean, you were there. No, a long no, you just played. Time. Yeah, you just played the game. Yeah. Now, I said I don't remember a lot from that summer, but I do remember July sixteenth, nineteen ninety two, very well. And this was covered in July seventh in the July seventeenth issue, of course. Um, I worked at Pizza House that summer. So that's where I spent a lot of my time at. I worked there in love. I was a delivery driver. I didn't have to make pizzas. I didn't have to wait on people or anything. All I did was sit and wait and took phone calls, took orders. And then when the pizza was ready, I had a, just an amazing job. I've only did it for three months, but I've always thought about maybe getting a job in the summer, like with DoorDash or something like that, just because I enjoyed doing that. It seems like easy money. Yeah. Uh, a lot of t- the only job I've ever had where you got tips. So tip money was great. Um, and then I got get mileage also. So for the however many deliveries I made. So Leif and I were, this was a, I think it was a Wednesday. It was a Thursday night. So Leif and I were both, Leif Mason and I were the two delivery drivers that night. And for some reason it was just a rain, it was a rainy Thursday night. And we were just getting slammed with deliveries. It's just, and if you've ever worked in the food industry or any, like, like there's just some nights where it gets really busy and there's, some nights there's explanations for it. Some nights there's just not explanations. You just, for some reason, everybody decides to order Pizza Hut. Yep. And we were just, it was like, I would go make a few deliveries, come back, there'd be three or four waiting for me to go out. I was just like, I never got to, some nights I get to sit in the back room and just sit around and wait for a little bit, but not on this night. So I made a drive, I drove to Bridgeport. We did deliver to Bridgeport and I made some deliveries there. As I'm coming back on 250, kind of on that curve right before you get up to Walmart, um, there's a red truck in the ditch and this and um, had hydroplanes, a very rainy night, had hydroplane and landed in the ditch. I'd actually hydroplane landed in that same ditch two years earlier. It's a, a dangerous. very dangerous place. Dead man's um, But um, it was Leif Mason's truck and I knew it was Leif. Oh, no. Very nice 1991 red Ford Ranger, really nice truck. 91? Yeah. In 92? Yeah. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> yeah, great truck. And um, I knew it was Leif's truck right when I saw it. So my first thought is, you know, I hope Leif's okay. And I can see he's walking around talking to the police officers. He looks fine. Yeah. Um, I think he, he got some treatment at the scene for a cut on his arm or something like that. Um, my second thought after I saw Leif was okay is like, this is our busiest night of the year, and, <laughs> oh, and Leif's truck is in that ditch right now. You're on, and Chip. Leif, and Leif's arm is cut, and I doubt if he's coming back to work tonight. So, and he did. He did not come back to work. And I, they told me I set the delivery record that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was upper 30s. I think it was like 37 deliveries in four hours. For, my, for a single person, it was the most that had ever been made at Pizza Hut. Pizza wow. was like two, a couple years old at that time in Lawrenceville. But you, you make it tips that night. A lot. I mean, I made a lot of, but it was, I was glad when the night was over because it's like the phones would not stop ringing and I was the only person that could deliver. So I can't wait I'm till sure this Chip Jamerson meet the host episode, president <laughs> of the Spanish Club. Uh, world officer. officer of the Spanish club. I think Brandon was the president. Pizza yeah. Hut, pizza Hut record holder. Holy yeah. God. So that's what they. I'm. I'm. Maybe in later years they got broken, but I don't know. It was just like. So I'm glad Leif was okay. But yeah, that was the the front page of the Daily Record. If you look at the July 17th edition, if you need to, if anybody needs to go look at those, um, is late as a picture of Leif's truck in the ditch um, yeah. that night. You, you did so, not take the picture. I did not know. <laughs> um, 
The um, now, when I think of pizza delivery, one thing I loved about it is I love music, and I would love driving around in my truck and or yeah, it's still truck at that time, and um, just li- basically listen to. Me. While I was busy that night, I was getting to listen to music all night, and one song that I always come back to that I just anytime I hear it now. I just, I'm instantly delivering pizzas that time. It was a hit song. And I think Brian was a number two song. Yep. It sure um, was. Um, but they're, so definitely their biggest uh, commercial hit. Um, the red hot chili peppers under the bridge. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. It's a rainy night in Lawrenceville. Sometimes I feel like my only friend. Pizzas are flying out the door. The city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. Classic video, too. Yeah. I drive on the street. My other, I, I, did, I was going to mention this at the, in my opening about n- not remembering what I did that summer. I did another memory I had besides working delivery for Pizza Hut was I did, I took one summer class at OCC that year uh, before I went up to EIU. I took a speech class just to get a few more credits. And I did take that class with a couple 92 grads that just graduated and they were getting an early start in their college careers. So Jody, I took that class with Jody Lawson and Eric Mosby, the three of us took that speech class together. And so I think that was one or two nights, I think two nights a week, Tuesdays or Thursdays or something, we would um, head over to Olney for that class for however many weeks it was, six weeks or whatever. So yeah, good memories there. I know Jody's, I, we know Ronnie's a, her husband Ronnie's a big fan of the show. And I think Mosby's listened to a few episodes. So I wanna make sure if I had a chance, I got their names out there. We would meet, um, on that frontage road, kind of where you cross the street to go on the Chansey Black from Sumner to the Chansey Black there's a little frontage road there. Yep. Uh, I'd pick up Jody or she'd pick up me or one or the other. And Brit- with the Bridgeport residents, we'd meet Eric there at the frontage road and head to Olney. So Teamwork. good to get like to spend some time with them. Um, the school board's back. So the same night that that rainy night, I never put to, I never realized this was a, 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 until this uh, article paper. <laughs> on that rainy night, there was a school board meeting going on on Judy Avenue. Yeah. And, um, Kathy Bailey has been hired as the Spanish and ch- Spanish teacher. Um, I don't like. I wasn't around the school. Do you? Do you guys know? Remember, you guys would both Spanish with Spanish yeah. at that time. So you guys I was done. Her. I had my two years in already. So Kathy Bailey, I, she may have not been there long. And she was also <laughs> hired as the cheer sponsor. So this Waller was hired to do palms. Um, Bailey is, yeah, this is just, it's just a, it's some weird times ahead of us. Yeah. I know this, this upcoming school year was huge for sports that we've talked about, but a lot of odd things going on at Red Hill as well. Um, and uh, other hires, and I, Todd Gray was hired as to be an assistant football, rehired as assistant football coach, and he's going to have uh, about two months from now, he's going to have a memorable night down at Mount Carmel on that football coaching staff. And I know on the Richard Dixon episode, he mentioned one of his assistant coaches, Jeff Beard, 
Jeff Beard was hired as assistant junior high boys basketball coach. He was the dad of Ben Beard, who was a great, great player at junior oh, yeah. high. But then it went up going to Olney for high school. They moved over to Olney. So she could have stayed. I was looking at the Vincent's paper to get the movies and stuff, so I didn't look at the Daily Record like you guys probably did. But they worded it weird about this school board meeting when they hired Todd. It said it was contingent on the booster club coming up. I forget how exactly they worded it, but it said a contingent on the booster club providing the funds. So he, he was. Yeah, because that, because Gary, weren't you paid through the booster club? It's, yeah, the, the booster club. I, mean, I was the dollar coach through the school system, but the booster oh, okay. club actually paid me. They kicked in. Paid me like a, a 1200 bucks, I think, or something like that. That's what I got. I don't remember you that being yeah. mentioned. I always just heard about this dollar. Interesting. Yeah, that very nice that, that they yeah, do that. Yeah, very nice. A um, few other things here. Um, July 22nd. Um, uh, Governor Clinton, Governor Bill Clinton, and uh, Senator Al Gore were traveling through um, Illinois. They had a, ca- a thousand-mile caravan, and they were just stopping places. It wasn't like planned events. They were just stopped the bus, and they went through Sandoval, Vandalia, Centralia, and many other towns in Illinois that day. So that was covered not too far from Lawrence County. So um, they got some coverage there in the uh, Daily Record, and we know they would end up winning the election a few months later. Another another wedding, our mayor uh got married and oh. father of a listener of the the show dale cooper uh married sue mishler warner and a uh, few highlights from that wedding they um some of the songs their soloist sang were don't know much great song wind beneath my wings but they did not have a stacy Stacey harper version <laughs> no um always i heard brian sing always at a wedding about uh five years before this I did. so oh, yeah the went, atlantic star hit with tana holds um, yeah, with tana holds and you can listen to her son's podcast <laughs> uh east of first um <laughs> longer uh was um saying and the rose which dave and i have sang a lot um when we were members of the fifth and sixth grade chorus oh so, um must have been bet midler fans <laughs> yes. I, was, I, was, I was picturing karaoke somewhere or something but no. that's what i was thinking <laughs> no, no we, we, yeah we're gonna do a chorus episode at some point but yeah, yeah. it was uh we sang that song chorus uh, christy teichel was actually the vocalist and heather cooper was on guest book so um thanks to heather for covering covering that and so congratulations to dale and sue um the junior there's some junior golf going on to lawrence county country club and is mainly lawrenceville people we know they were swimming and golf the the country club sports was where uh they were involved while the red hill people were playing the the old american legion baseball yeah um but in the the deep Red Hill did nothing in the A, B, in the A, B, and C flights, but in uh. the D flight, Will Boyd, this is junior golf. Uh, he would have, I did the math. He would have been about nine. And I talked about him in the 99, 2000. I think he only won his freshman year at Red Hill, but had a, had like the best individual golfing season we had had and one of the best we've ever had. Um, there so but as a nine-year-old will uh won the d flight and he won that over adam warner so the nephew of susan wright so even though he's a lawrenceville guy i thought i'd include him in there since he's been mentioned his music's been played on the show before and in the girls d flight lauren negley and um the sister of jody lawson jessica lawson were one and two in the girls d flight so a lot of great future golfers there um lawrence county country club um American Legion with another big win over Robinson. It's postseason play. You, may, you guys made 10 errors that night, Gary. Ouch. Oh, my. 10 and one? And one? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think and um, I think Robinson had 13 errors. I think there were 23 errors total that Holy night. So just wow. an ugly nine inning Awful game. game. <laughs> I'm sure you guys could not wait for that one to be over. But it is tournament play at this time. Now that we, Gary's been getting all these wins, putting up, throwing a lot of innings. He's battling a shoulder injury right now. Now he's um, he can do everything fine. He's, he's hitting fine. There's really no pain except when he's pitching. When he's pitching, he's feeling the pain and. King might have more info later on it. So, Gary, if you have any spoilers, you have to hold them for this because I, King and I kind of uh, teamed up on this uh, this tournament, this postseason tournament you guys are in. All right. Um, so, um, you know, so I got, I'll get to that a little more. So, they have advanced over Robinson in postseason play. It's probably double elimination, so I don't think Robinson's out yet. Uh, another wedding. Um, this was back in May. I don't know if it was May 23rd. It may have been, but Jerry Worth and Kathy Herring were, were married. Uh, we know Jerry coached some of us in football, um, and the Herrings are some of our biggest fans of the show. Um, so I know, and Kathy Herring Worth is a teacher in Unit 10 still to this day. Um, Jennifer and Julie were bridesmaids um, for in the wedding, and uh, Jerry had Doug Grismer. Shannon Grismer and Todd Ernst stand up with him. So any word, any word on if Bette Midler's from a distance got sung? <laughs> I'm sure at it the is. wedding. At this time, the Worths were living in Temple, Texas, and and happy 29th anniversary to them. So what a year for weddings! Um, in the the Herring, like um, Jim Herring was living in Texas at that time. And um, oh, Mr. and that. Mrs. Herring were living there. And I, now that I kind of put two, they must have come back. Because I remember, like, Monica, wasn't she gone for a while and then came back? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, that sounds right. I don't, those, I don't think she graduated high school. So she must have stayed, been in Texas for the rest of her. came back here for college, maybe. Okay, yeah, came back. At, so uh, she uh, went the rest of her schooling <laughs> career in Texas. So yeah. I had forgotten or never did knew too. that the Her- Herrings were living in. So maybe you're listening to this, and I know – Julie and Jennifer, I know you're listening and you knew that, but uh, several of our listeners probably did not realize that you guys lived in Texas for a while, or at least your parents did and your sister, your younger sister. A couple more stories here, then we'll get to the last month. Um, July 30th, a big happening in Vincennes. Brandon Myers, you may know Brandon, he's younger brother of Heather, who graduated, in, um, who's going to graduate in 1994, I should say here. So she is a, just finished her sophomore year along with them. Um, Shane Wilson and Melissa Allspaw in that class of 94 that we've mentioned so far. Um, Brandon Myers and his family were at the Golden Dragon in Vincennes eating some Chinese food. And who do they see but Coach Lou – what was that? Tom Lehman. (laughs) Coach Lou Henson. Oh, wow. uh, (laughs) Was at the the Golden Dragon in Vincennes um, (laughs) eating dinner. Okay. Brandon's sure with Mike Brady. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heather states that Brandon's a huge Illini fan. So once he notices Lou Henson sitting another table, but couldn't contain himself. Like couldn't he couldn't control himself. Like he wanted to go over and see Coach right away. But Heather had to let him know. You know, let him finish his meal. Maybe when he's done. We can go speak to him then. Until you just said the line, I I was picturing Lou Holtz from Notre Dame. I'm like, why in the world would Lou Holtz? Okay, I'm with you now. Well, at least he'd be in the same state, so maybe a little more. Um, So um, it does. Henson, I guess there was a like uh, some type of something going on in Vincennes, some type of recruiting thing. It may have been like a JUCO type thing, or maybe in high school kids. I think it may have been JUCO kids were like a. 
a showcase to try kids that want to move on to the D1 level. And I think Henson was there watching that. So that's why he was in Vincennes that day. And um, so as coach was leaving, Brandon went up to introduce himself and got his autograph on the back of the check. So Lou Henson made autograph the back of the check for him at that time. Lou was really starting. It was, was enjoying Brandon's company and enjoying talking to him. Whoever Lou Henson was with asked him to, he asked him to go out to his car and get something. And the guy comes back or it may have been his wife, whoever it was came back with Lou Henson's book that he had written. Uh, I guess he kept a box in the trunk of his car for these type of um, instances. And so brought the book in, Lou autographed the book and then gave it to Brandon. So very exciting time for the Myers family. Yeah. That really should rule out that it was an imposter. (laughs) <laughs> having the, a bunch of books. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks you to to Coach Henson Henson for giving uh, Brandon Myers a lifelong memory and his whole family. Uh, I got one last wedding here. A lot of big names. We mentioned him on the like I said, if you were mentioned on episode, you're and you got married, you you got mentioned on this episode. Gary Skaggs, he was mentioned as in that last episode part of that nineteen eighty junior high team with uh with Keith like, Rohawk. What about like Dan Skaggs or something? <laughs> yeah. They had his name as Dan, which I think looking at the wedding house, I think might be his dad's name. So um so Gary Skaggs and was married to Julie. I never know how to say her last name. Julie Vahinger. Uh, I think she's an 88 Lawrenceville uh, grad. Vahinger, I think. So Vahinger. Okay. Um, so, uh, and I know, because I'm friends with Jason White, who for a while, for a long time lived in the Newburgh area. So I know they're in the Castle School. I think she teaches down at Castle. So they're down in the Evansville, Newburgh area now. Um, but, and well, a few cu- couple things here. Uh, Dave Ulrich was the best man for Gary Skaggs. I know uh, he was mentioned in the comments section. Carrie Hill mentioned something about Dave Ulrich. Um, so he was Skaggs' best man. Robert Angle and David Rutten were the uh, groomsmen. And Jennifer Glosser was a bridesmaid for uh, Julie. And here's my Gary Skaggs story. When in the summers of 93, 94, 95, I worked at a YMCA camp for the entire summers from like the end of May to the middle of August. I would be down in the Shelbyville, Indiana area is actually in St. Paul, Indiana at this YMCA camp is where I would work. I would spend my entire summer there, but on Saturday, we would never get to leave the camp, but Saturdays we got 24 hours off. And where do I go? As soon as we're let free at 11 AM on Saturday morning, where do I go for lunch? And I've been eating camp food all week. I'm going to racks and Shelbyville is where I'm going. So um, I was in racks. It was a sparse crowd on a Saturday afternoon, you know, six or seven, eight, like what you would normally see at a fast food restaurant on a Saturday afternoon. Right. But I was shocked, you know, of, <laughs> of all the people that could be at that racks that Gary Skaggs was in that racks at the same time I was. Uh, Gary and Julie were in there eating that day. Uh, they did live in Shelbyville at the time. He was an engineer in Shelbyville at the time, according to his wedding uh, wedding information that was in the newspaper. So, yeah, just one of those weird things. Like when and we, when you just like, what are the chances that you're yeah. going to see see this person? Like the like Jason uh, Fulton, who graduated in 1990, a year older than me. I was in a elevator at a Days Inn in Daytona Beach in 19 or 89. I was in 89. I was in an elevator in Daytona Beach in our hotel. And there's two people in the elevator. It's me and Jason Fulton. It's like, <laughs> what are the odds? I what mean, are the this chances? Is a, this is a big country, that, and it's a big tourist place. And, like, there's two people, and they're a year apart from each other at this little bitty high school in Illinois. So um, that was weirder than the Gary Skaggs song. But it was still as weird to yeah. Gary Skaggs in racks in Shelbyville. But uh, it was a, it was a rack slash Fazoli. So for those people that didn't want the racks, you could get the Fazolis as well there. Um, 
I got, I got two more things here. Oil field days is coming up in August and they're getting the plans underway for that. Kevin Orpert will be back. He's a familiar yes. face at the oil field days, often the master of ceremonies at the little miss oil field pageant. And he's gonna be the grand marshal on the parade. And then in my last thing I found in July 31st, the Legion has lost to Olney, but they're going to go on. They're going to play for the title because it's just their first loss. So they can still, I think they may play Olney again. Yeah. And they'll play Olney again the next night for the, for the championship of this. Uh, Coach Blair has Tommy Halfacre set to go that night, but he's thinking Gary might be able to go. The injured shoulder of Gary Emmons might be able to go in this championship game. Apparently, Olney's throwing Mike Rogers. Of course. So, um, I know we might do a couple, a little bit. Brian might have an ad or something, but we're going to segue into David Kingston cover August. And I think he might be leading off with what happened in this game well, on July 31st. B- before you move on, I want to do two things. One, I want to play a song that you mentioned, and that leads me into something else. Used to be my playground. Oh, yeah. Another one of your Pizza Hut songs. Yes. This is, of course, Madonna. This used to be my playground. Great song. And what I want to do, I don't remember this being part of the movie, but I watched the trailer, so it was. It was in the trailer. On July 12th, the number one movie in the country was, of course, A League of Their Own. And our very own Chip Jamerson was part of that movie. Which I know when we go to meet the host, Chip Jamerson, we'll dig into this much, much deeper. That movie opened with $11 million. Um, worldwide uh, gross was $132 million. Uh, first of all, I didn't remember this song being in the movie. It's, been... it's, a, it's in the credits at the okay. end. Okay, all right. That makes sense. Um, like I say, it was in the trailer. Um, but you were in the scene, if anybody doesn't know where Chip's at in that movie, when they're trying out the, the kind of homely looking farm girl in that gym uh chip is playing inside the basketball gym but chip is playing what would be third base um how long did that take you to film that day you're you're in that one scene i was there for three days so um and we were there from like six in the morning to like 10 at night for three straight days so at least the first two days i think the third day we finished earlier but um the um so where was it? So yeah, so that movie did open that summer. I went to the uh, went to the premiere, the like the nationwide premiere down in Evansville with Mike Bunning. So for somebody that doesn't remember anything he did that summer, I keep coming up with all these things <laughs> that, I, that I remember doing in the summer of '92. Well, so. like I say, we'll dive into that when we do yeah. the meet the host. But and your mom, your mom got you in that, right? So just sent a picture from a, a general casting call or something for extra. Yeah, they had a thing in the Evansville Courier. We sit. So she, I had a, one of my senior pictures was taken like in my in a Cubs hat, a Cubs jersey, and so we she sent that in with my you know my height, weight, and all that. And uh, yeah, they called and. Um, Said they needed somebody about my age. They had a lot of like 21, 22 year olds, like USI baseball players. They already had them slated to uh, be part of it, but they didn't really have like any many 18 year olds, which would have been part of it. So they needed somebody a little bit younger to uh, do that. And they needed somebody about my size. And so, yeah, they called and asked if I remember the night I found out I was actually at Gary's house there on uh, 606 Church Street. Uh, my mom called, they had just called the house wow. and uh, she, called, she called down to. Nine four five seven one nine six. Seven one nine six. Yes. I was gonna say that. Seven one nine six. Yeah, eight nine seven three was the other number. So no eight nine seven, seven one nine seven one. Okay, seven one nine. Okay, so so seven one nine six. <laughs> I had called down to um down there and 
Yeah, so it was a thrill and it happened fast. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun story to talk about. So yeah, I can't well, wait to get to that more on the yeah. I know I was very disappointed that premiere because on the big, um, or no, I was, I, I was in there about eight times, which nowadays you see on the widescreen, you can see me several times in there, but I know when it came out on video, I was cut out. Cut it, right. Uh, on the left side of the screen, but now that things are widescreen, things are, I, you can see me better, but yeah, so it, yeah, it's pretty cool. exciting. So. Yeah, and um, uh, like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I really want to dive into that. I think it's an interesting story. It's an interesting story for the whole Southern Indiana area. A lot of, a lot of neat things in there. Um, the other movies that just round out the, the it was a couple of one week, number ones uh honey i blew up the kid at 11 million the week of july 19th and damon wayans of course in mo money uh did a 12 million dollar weekend on july 26th and and that's going to take us into august and i'll just uh baby got back dave as you take over in august is still number one in the country and um so we'll do that real quick i want to take a quick commercial break here for we mentioned that this uh, i record in the country oaks golf club studio so we'll listen to uh, an ad from those guys hey if you're looking for a good place to play golf look no further than country oaks golf club in montgomery indiana right there on route 50 between washington and montgomery five sets of tee boxes all zoysia fairways Beautiful time of year to go check out the folks over at Country Oaks Golf Club. Give them a call, 812-486-3300 for your tee time today. And they've got a driving range out there. You don't even have to go in. Just swipe your credit card and do your practicing. Country Oaks Golf Club, 812-486-3300. We will see you at the Oaks. All right, Dave. Let's head to August. Oh wait, Chip, you do that. I took over the host. Uh, you're, you're running. Well, this I think show. you've taken over the host from now. <laughs> I was the opening host, but uh, yeah, Dave. So uh, Dave's going to take us to the first part of August, I believe. I, we'll get into more of August when we do the ninety-two, ninety-three episode. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. do you got for us, Dave? To finish I'm up. Just the gonna, yeah, I'm just going up to the start of school um, in about twentieth of August. But uh, we'll jump right into American Legion post twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Championship game against the Olney. Come on, guys. District 23 East Division tourney. Um, unfortunately, come up short. Nine to six loss. Uh, Damn, I, we got six off Rogers. I'm bad, shocked. Bad defense again. Any word yeah. on any word to Jimmy Bake? Did he coach that Legion team? Did do we know by chance? I don't know. Okay. Yes, we but, don't. Uh, Gary with shoulder issues did start the game. Started okay. Pitched four innings. Uh, didn't give any stats as far as um, as how many runs he gave up. It, sounds, it sounds like he had some defensive uh, issues behind him. So again, uh, but, we're yeah, having trouble some, in the field. No earned some, runs. Uh, unearned runs there. Um, Kelly Tucker hit a late. And I was my. Didn't mention Gary also homered and doubled in the game. <laughs> oh, every game. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Tucker a with a, uh, with a late uh, two run home run that brought it within uh, to seven to six. Got the lead to seven to six. Job, then all, all they got tacked on some insurance runs late, and then you know got the uh, got the victory. So that ended the season, uh, American Legion season. But it's said we're into August now, so it's, it's time for Gary to start focusing on. Uh, on football yeah That's not right. a lot of a break no break really though uh, no you're no, no, not at all. football speaking of football red hill football conditioning starts monday august there 10th we, there we go a little bit of a break then at the cross 
at Red Hill Park. Run some hills, boys. Yes, that gets you in shape. <laughs> but uh, if I remember, if I remember right, I would. I think we conditioning week. You went out there what three days a week, I think, and then the other two were. Yeah, you typically did. I think Monday and Wednesday was at the cross. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday was at the football field where you did yeah. all kinds of different things. Right, yeah. and uh, they culminated in a uh, culminated in a running a mile for for time. Yes, think, like on Friday. That, that was actually, good for a lineman to run a mile, and that's, I think I think linemen were supposed to get like at seven minutes and thirty seconds, which <laughs> I think I just would basically sprint and get right. I would get under it, but I mean, just right at it. But uh, pretty impressive. That is. <laughs> and you know why those guys were running? They could be listening to the number six song in the country, which I think is one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, I know it's hard to keep an open heart when even friends seem out to harm you. Axel slashed up and the boys, Guns N' Roses, at their peak right there. Uh, about time for this uh, video to take over MTV. We're getting real close to that, so it takes over <laughs> takes over our TV about every time Gary's <laughs> at my house and we're uh, sharing an adult beverage. Fantastic song, but yeah, um, get to that 1992 farm report. <laughs> chip, chip. Uh, Chip updated us on the wheat harvest. Uh, July was a wet July. We had six inches of rain, um, which is about three inches above normal. And then we had cool temperatures in August. At the time, this led to uh, King Farms' best corn crop ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Ever? 19, 1992. Now, we've surpassed that a couple times since then. Uh, but, that, but that record stood for probably 15 years. Um, just fantastic crop all around that year so so um, ron Waldrop said you need that surface moisture we need the surface that. moisture and then we got uh cool cooler than normal temperatures in august so while okay. surface Which moisture well. helped help the farmers it hurt that leaf kid when he yeah. wrecked his truck <laughs> sorry, oh, yeah, sorry, I, forgot rain. <laughs> I forgot about that rain on july 16th yeah <laughs> sorry and it also set another record of delivering yes. pizzas so this is a surface moisture all coming together <laughs> but uh and then of course the beginning of august every year uh it's it's lawrence county 4-h fair time large 4-h and junior fair um which was they, they were technically two separate things but basically the same that's yeah. the same thing as well um and of course to kick off the fair every year we had our queen uh had a had the queen competition yes um our candidates this year um we got some 1992 grads from Red Hill, Michelle Ferguson, Holly Beard, Kelly Andrews. Got some uh, girls from Lawrenceville, Michelle Williams, um, Heather Hipster, actually. She was a Red Hill girl. Um, moved in high school to Lawrenceville. Is that about right, Gary? Yeah, she went there. Yeah, she moved at some point. Yeah. So Heather Hipster was in it. Uh, Michelle Frederick, um, Diana Decker, and Brandy Smith were okay. your uh, candidates. Um, Michelle Frederick was your Miss Congeniality. 
Okay. Um, Heather Hipsher was your second runner-up. Okay. Well, so Lawrenceville's taking everything. Yeah. Michelle Williams was your first runner-up. Jealous about Lauren, that baseball team. Lawrenceville's sweeping this, so Brandy, so Brandy Smith will probably win, or that Decker kid will probably win. Golf, Lawrenceville's taking them all. Golf, swimming, and Queens. And your 1992 <laughs> Lawrence County 4-H Fair Queen. Get a drum roll, please. Okay, I'm, I'm busy playing Killer Queen by Queen. Let me find you? my drum roll, and here it is. Got it. Kelly Andrews. Whoa. Yes. yes. And her Whoa, sister just won the year before. Say, her sister, her sister. Are they not won, living in Robinson or, now? I was going to say, is there a controversy about this? <laughs> two or two years before, I think Robin won, right? And then Michelle um, uh, Melanie Roush was the uh, okay. Okay. Was ninety. It was I 91, just know it causes so. controversy. If oh yeah, because it was ninety ninety one the show. Yeah, so in the ninety yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Kelly gets uh, takeover fair duties, passing out trophies. Oh, and that'd be awful. To demolition derby champions and <laughs> tractor kids tractor pulls. Yeah, livestock auctions and and, and such. So uh, this is one of my. This is actually my second year. I was in 4-H through my sophomore year. So summer of '90 was my last was my last year in 4-H. I did I did not participate. Um, my junior or senior year, so I was I wasn't involved at this uh, this fair at all. But but uh, so we got that. We got that. Number one at the movies the first weekend in August was Death Becomes Her, a star-studded cast with Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn in another big big budget Dude. movie here. Uh, made twelve million that weekend. Went on to make one hundred and forty nine million. Wow. And the uh, August sixth paper, um, big big seizure of marijuana yes. in uh, northeast uh, Lawrence County. Oh, um, fifty five grand worth of uh, approximately fifty five grand worth of weed seeds, uh, weed seized. Is up around pink staff? <laughs> Guess <laughs> so. And then uh, two separate patches, at least thirty seven plants uh, seized, but the with street value. 55 grand. Well, with so, that, nice. hey, with that surface moisture, it, you had to be growing <laughs> yeah. good plants. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, discovered by, uh, discovered by police, uh, aircraft flying over it. Oh, damn. damn. I didn't know we had one of those. <laughs> Everybody's a cop. <laughs> August 10th. Uh, the, so no uh, names on the, on the growers of this? No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, Actually, at the beginning of August, the uh, of course the Summer Olympics started uh, in Barcelona. Uh, the big, of course, the big story of that Olympics was the Dream, Dream Team, team. Um, basically taking over Olympic basketball and not mu not much of a competition. Of course, they ended up winning the uh, you know the gold uh, the gold medal. Uh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. It really wasn't fair. <laughs> Scotty Pippen, David yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Patrick Chris Ewing, Martin. yeah, and but it was Larry Christian Bird's uh, yep. Larry Bird's last uh, last last games that he ever played, and then he would he would announce his retirement soon after that. He was a good player. Think, yeah, he he was okay. He was okay. Um, August twelfth. Uh, let's welcome our newest foreign exchange student, the Red Hill. All right, Denisius Arahu. Yeah, arrived in town August seventh. Uh, picked up at the Evansville airport by Linda and Leonard Perry. 
right. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> King put out a King sent out text messages to us earlier. Welcome to the county, August twelfth, Vinny. I thought you meant he was coming back to visit the county. Oh, <laughs> I did. I did too at first, and then I figured out what he meant. We've, oh no, I thought he was coming back to visit. Listen, there's been a lot of time travel going on. I was reading an article about Ross Perot, and he had made some off-color comment while I was running for president at this time, and and my wife said Ross Perot's still alive, and I'm like, wait, no, no, this was '92. <laughs> But uh, so Benny is interested in soccer and volleyball, and he might try football. And we're glad he sure is. We're gonna squash. We're gonna squash his dreams in a couple of those sports. But uh, please play football. Also, the um, the Perrys are avid golfers. They plan to introduce Benny to that sport. But Uh and I didn't know this about Benny. He's left-handed. So they gotta try to find some left-handed clubs for him. So Hopefully, somebody stepped up after reading that article. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to ask him. I, I don't know if he ever. I'm got guessing that didn't go so well. I, he's never talked about golf. He loves he loves football for sure. And hey, he loves vo- love, and he loves soccer and volleyball. I think yeah, he ended he, up playing. He ended up playing uh, college volleyball. Um, up in New Haven, Connecticut, I think. Oh, really? Oh, wow. He told me yeah. his his dream would be to come back to Red. He's in Brazil. His dream would be to come back to Red Hill, live in Bridgeport, or live in you know the Red Hill, Red Hill School yeah. District, and coach the Red Hill girls volleyball team. That's like his dream job is to coach that team. So. Oh, wow. wow! I feel like he, I feel like <laughs> maybe, he'll he'll get a, <laughs> maybe he'll get a junior high program started. <laughs> yes. What's he do in Brazil? He Besides, a, listen to podcasts. He was an entertainment journalist, um, traveled a lot in Brazil pre-COVID. Now, I assume he's working from home now. I cannot um, believe he hasn't done a story on the old school Red Hill podcast. <laughs> Give him time. COVID's messed everything up. Well, I'll tell you what he did on that very first uh, first weekend he was ta- in town. He went to see the number one movie in the country, Unforgiven. Of course, that stars Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, and Morgan Freeman, who's been in nearly every single movie. Uh, did a four-week run at number one, um, did fifteen million that very first weekend, and it would uh, it broke um, Nightmare on Elm Street four, uh, broke their w- opening weekend record for any movie debuting in August. Uh, that one had done twelve million, and of course, Unforgiven did fifteen. So there you go. Number one song in the country. The aforementioned used to be my playground, and that's going to be the last number one song other than Boys to Men, End of the Road, that's going to go to almost Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah, like 13 wow. weeks or something, do, number one. Wow. Going to do 15 Dang. weeks at number 15. one. And, and. Maybe I'll you. I'm sure that's played at a, a wedding or two. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a love song, but do you want to play a song called End of the Road at your wedding? <laughs> it anyway. didn't stop Thirsties from playing it for a slow dance so <laughs> later that they, later that year. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's going to do. That's going to go till November 7th at the wow. number one slot. So. I mean, it's good. The Thirsties would play like the very end of the night, so I guess it's the end of the road. It's like almost 1 o'clock. So. Oh, I like that. Right before closing time by Semi-Sonic. Right, everybody, everybody finds somebody to dance with at closing time. <laughs> But uh, as we get to the middle of August, um, kind of we're past the fair. School's, we're, school's not started yet, so 
the news really starts slowing down um in in the sports world in baseball um you know cubs and cardinals fans weren't having a great weren't having a great summer that year Pitts, pittsburgh led by barry bonds bobby bonilla andy van slyke they're at the height of their powers basically running away with the with the eastern division so not <laughs> and Dave, one thing i saw i didn't I didn't report on it, but there was a big con. The the Cubs like were going to court over this. I saw the, this in the paper. Yes. The the plan was to put the Cubs and the Cardinals in the West Division, and there was a lot of and then move the Braves and the Reds to the East Division, and um, I know it obviously didn't happen. They ended up, um, you know. Actually, I it, guess that think about it, this would have been the last season of the Eastern Division, wouldn't it have? Yeah. So I because the Marlins right. and Rockies were coming in the next season. Yeah. Or, well, no, they were, they, I think I think they were in the West and East. Yeah, so yeah, we did another year or two yeah, like we that. Another year or two. Wild card started in like ninety five. But they ended up keeping the divisions as they obviously they didn't move the Cubs and Cardinals. So I guess the Cubs. It was glad I'm glad they took it to court. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not. I don't know. But uh, West oh. was pretty tough. Of course, you got the Braves out of the West if you, you traded with them. Always makes sense. A lot of West Coast travel though. Always <laughs> makes sense that Atlanta was in the East and the Cardinals are in the yeah. West. Yeah. Or vice versa, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll wrap things up with the uh, August 14th board meeting. Yes. Um, yes. Or, or it was in the August 14th paper, probably the August 13th board meeting. I wish we had um, videos of these meetings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whoever um, did that Stacy Harper tape, maybe they – Yeah, maybe they've know. got a big compilation of VHS tapes. Lots of – just lots of procedural stuff here before the start of school. Um, accepted the uh, – of course, the – our favorite bread bids, the, the milk, <laughs> milk bids, and the fuel bids for I the season. No, men, no mention of who got them. Um, to yeah, the Prairie Farms got the milk bid. Lewis. The, the <laughs> um, there was a donation from a local business, an unnamed local business, maybe, maybe brothers. Know who it was uh, for a new football scoreboard to be put in More place. Brothers. <laughs> no. I have a feeling that's for the September uh, for the September home open. Grace? That's Andrew's insurance agency. Andrew's insurance. I'm almost positive. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I should have thought of them. I remember watching that baby go up and uh, in class before our first home game that year. But I remember what, I think we still no actually we we still have the old scoreboard for the first game against Palestine. Then when we thank you for the next week in Salem was the debut of that scoreboard. I, I, I remember okay. when I was a little kid that actually had like. The clock was a literal clock, I remember. Yeah, like, it had hands yeah, on exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah, Gary, you're right. It, says it was going to be in place for the September 4th home game. Yeah. So that would have been a yeah, that would have been week, too. So, yeah. So. Well, I guarantee if it wasn't Andrew's insurance agency, it was either People's State Bank, Gray's Restaurant, or Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, <laughs> also the board accepted a, a tentative budget uh, for the uh, – 1992-1993 school year with a deficit of $283,000. Ouch! Oh, shit. Um, well, they probably didn't take the, the new scoreboard money out of that <laughs> so that they didn't have to spend. But I guess things never change. I guess Illinois' budget was in a mess. Um, they were basically cutting school funding. Um, so basically the thought of improving this budget was if the budget, if the the school funding would balance out and get go back to its normal levels, then things would balance out. So I don't know how it. That was yeah. nearly thirty years ago. We're still going, so I guess it's yeah, it must have worked itself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it must have worked itself out. That's <laughs> up. But uh, yeah, that's uh, then. Then 
And then the following week, school starts. So that's that's all I have. Well, I'm playing this song Friday, I'm in Love um, by The Cure. It didn't spend much time on the charts, and it really didn't go very high, but uh, it's a, I think it's an underrated song, and I love it, and I put it on my list to play, so just deal with it. That's what I got to say. The only other song I did not play was a kind of a uh, little, I guess a little uh, niche cult classic song, but it will take you back to, uh, to that time. I almost recommended this song to you. I'm glad you're playing it. You can tell the world you never was my girl. You can burn my It doesn't get much more 1992 than no, this. It's, and that's why I included it. It is very, very 1992. Well, boys, that was a good episode, I think. Hopefully, you, uh, the people out there that... Uh, Listen, enjoyed this as we do, little did a real deep dive into just a yeah, short period of time. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't tack that onto the end of the 91-92 show. Uh, that would yeah, just two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> what all did we talk about tonight? This segment's becoming a big favorite. Uh, we talked about Kelly Tucker gets fined 99 for going 83. We talked about Kelly Tucker going deep in the Legion Championship game. Yes, he did. We talked about 21 shrimp. We talked about Sumner Arab basketball. Talked about Freddie Gunzel and Bob Clymer teaming up. Yes, we did. We talked about Shane Lumpy Wilson and Bobby Thigpen teaming up. Mr. Hamill, junior high language arts teacher. Michael Floyd going way over the speed limit and somehow only getting fined like $125. Mrs. Poland will not retire. Surface Surface. Surface. (laughs) The East of First podcast. Yes. Lou Henson likes Chinese food. You know he had a crab rangoon. You just know he did. (laughs) Uh, groomsmen Shannon Grismer and Neil Heath in separate weddings. Maybe on the same day. <laughs> Very possibly, yes. <laughs> I don't uh, think we'll ever forget the performance by Miss Chicago Tammy Harris. <laughs> we talked about Mrs. Walwer, the new uh, <laughs> band instructor. <laughs> You know, you can shoot free throws, you can shoot layups, you can shoot jump shots, but Ron Filling taught you how to shoot a set shot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the he progression. <laughs> Let's not forget the sandwich line at the cafeteria. Let's not forget that BBC I had in 1993 at Rack. Any, any word on what uh, Gary Skaggs ordered? I, I got to think BBC. Okay. He probably went Italian. <laughs> oh, true, Fazoli's was there too. <laughs> Rainy Thursdays at the Pizza Hut. Rainy Thursdays at the school board meeting. Lake Mason sacrificing his truck to boost King Farms' corn crops. So. Yes. Thanks, Lake. We talked about a filet mignon for $7.50 at the Elks. Don't forget. Even adjusted for inflation, that's an incredible deal. Yeah. <laughs> the Cash Money Brothers Assault on Red Hill. That was bullshit. The cash, the the fifty-seven thousand dollars in cash and pink staff that never happened. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Left-handed golf clubs makes their first appearance on the podcast. All right. 
That's enough. <laughs> this silliness. Chip, you want to wrap us up? You let us off. Wrap us up. Well, thank you for thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon, either probably first week in August with our next episode. And I honestly wasn't prepared for this, so I'm never prepared for this. We are Red Hill. We are. Let's go white. Thank you to our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant, Tyler Griffith Street's House. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> Andrew's Insurance Agency, and of course, People's State Bank. And uh, we are coming to you from the Country Oaks Golf Club Studios. Listen to Birdie's Bourbon and Basketball, and don't forget, we are Red Hill. Let's go white. <laughs>